Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am your host, Mike McFisticuffs, and this is the 2018 Dojo Top Podcast Award Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 118. As always, you can check this podcast out on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. We're also on Spotify. Um, you can hit us up on the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as follow us on Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Serial Sensei, and send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And as always, uh, I'm joined with my co-host, Antaku, and we also uh, forcefully drag Joey on this podcast because he never has a choice. We just drag him, and he has to be here. So... <laughs> <laughs> that was real. I didn't make that up. I wasn't How's everybody doing? All right. Perfect uh, health. There we go. That's that's what I like to hear. Is it, is I, can't, a, I, I can't complain too much because Joey's over there dying. Yeah. <laughs> Joey, where where's I mean, your health? Hey, look. This makes me look bad. Where, where's your health bar at, Joey? Uh, how? Are you bleeping in the red, or are we like in the yellow? I'm I'm dead, and I need to pay I need to pay the microtransactions to bring my phone. Back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll get the DLC uh, by the end of this episode. We'll, uh... Yeah, you got you got to get the the Joey non flu addiction. Uh, <laughs> speaking of addictions, uh, the sport. Yeah, we're doing um, awards. We are. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Um. You guys will probably hate some of us after this episode because of some of these awards, but that's fine. It's our awards. I'm, we we can I'm, give them. The I mean, I feel like I, they, I feel like at this point you would hate us anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, but if you didn't, you know, now's the time. Now now's the time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, before we get started, no, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Oh, it's gonna be. <laughs> Before, <laughs> before we get started, quick shout outs to the listeners for the top cities of the week. Uh, number one was El Cerrito, California. Number two, uh, St. Mary's, Pennsylvania. Number three, Seattle, Washington. Number four, San Francisco, California. And coming in at number five was Washington, D.C. So shout outs to all the listeners, everybody on Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you listen to this podcast and post and retweet uh we all here greatly appreciate it so as you guys can probably tell by the title we will be doing awards uh this is our second annual dojo talk podcast award show this is also well it's a day late but this is also the second anniversary of the dojo talk podcast which started uh january 5th 2017 so we're still here two years later uh haven't been canceled yet well, nobody can cancel us, really. But, you know, no, nobody can. Don't, don't test that. <laughs> <laughs> none of us get... walked out. No, none of us walked out the dojo yet. We're, we're all still here. We just I get just re-opted my letter. contract. Oh, no. Can't do that. 
Yes, I see. It's did a new use, year. Did you use any music that we need to uh, be aware about with this new opening? Uh, well, I haven't recorded the new opening yet. I know. I just said new opening. You may go with the old opening, and, and that'll be completely useless for, uh, for auditory <laughs> purposes. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'll try not to get as far this year. Um, but no. Go. Second year anniversary, man. Kicking it off the right way. So, before we get to the awards, um, I wanted to be lazy and not write any notes but there were a few fights worth of note that i wrote down so i'm just going to run through this list really quick and then we'll go back and talk about a few of these and then we will get to handing out some awards so uh fight announcements uh ufc tur- ah, ufc 235 has about three uh fight announcements that i found so the big one or two big ones uh, we got Tyron Woodley and Kamaru Usman going down. And also on the same card, we'll have John Jones versus Anthony Smith. And also on that card, we will have uh, Ovent St. Prue against Misha, Shurkin- uh, ah, Misha Shurkinov. Um, going down the list, I uh, have Ben Rothwell versus Bogoy Ivanov, which is going to be... It's on one of the March cards. I don't know which one, but they just have it listed in March. So that'll be a thing. Um... I just realized I wrote down the wrong fight. Um, <laughs> I have Gokan Saki versus Dominic Reyes, which is not real. I flipped the names. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a bad fight for somebody. I just don't want to say Yeah, the Dominic Reyes is fighting Vulcan Uzdemir. And, uh, God. Um, Saki is fighting a gentleman's name I cannot pronounce. But I'm going to find it really quick. A gentleman's name. Yeah, he, uh... I want to say it's a ring guy. This is where you say insert regional fighter here, like uh, <laughs> someone else once said. <laughs> you know, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go back. Well, I'll, I'll find that one later. But Gokhan has a fight. It's gonna be on UFC Fight Night 147 in March. Oh, but it's, it's not. Is it Saperbek Safarov? There we go. Anti cool with the six. I don't know why I wrote down Dominic Reyes, but <laughs> to be fair, I don't think anybody would have remembered that Saperbek Safarov was still in the UFC. Yeah. I didn't know he was still in the UFC, but I know he is because he Why? had that fight with um, Pedro. John, John Vellante. Oh, I, well, so that's I what remember, I remember him for. <laughs> I, just remember, I just remember Tyson Pedro. Oh, he'll, he'll, he'll be fighting Saki at UFC Fight Night 147 in March. Um, at UFC 234, we have Teruto Ishihara and Kyung Ho Kang. There's another at, guy who it's like surprised he's still around, too. Yeah, I don't know. I thought he got cut for some reason. He's still here, but uh, and the last fight I have for UFC Prague going down on February twenty third is Magomed Ankalev and Darko Stoic. Stoic, if I'm saying that correct. Um, and then there's a fight that I had to put an asterisk next to because it's like it's not real yet, and like a part of me hope it doesn't become real, but with the way the UFC is, it, it probably will. Uh, for some reason, Wonder Boy versus Anthony Pettis is uh, floating around in the. Uh... I think Anthony Pettis put it out there that he wanted the fight. <laughs> Anthony Pettis booked it. Yeah, he booked it, but Wonder Boy seems like he's game. Like he he's open to the fight. So I I don't know if if that's uh gonna be a thing. It but... shouldn't be. Please, if the UFC actually booked it, it'd be one of the worst mismatches the UFC's ever booked. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go that far. Or at least there's some memory. Good. At least yeah, it's one of those 
Go ahead, go ahead. No, just like this is one of those rare fights where like it's not like it's a short notice fight where you're kind of desperate. It's not like where you need a main event out of nowhere, so you got to kind of create something. Like there's just no reason for this fight to even happen. <clears throat> so hopefully somebody just says, you know what, guys, that's great that you want to kind of do this, but like, no. So because somebody close Duke Rufus has to know that that's not a fight that Anthony Pettis can win. Yeah, I think you hope so. I mean, he's very protective of the Pettis brothers. <laughs> you know what, so. though? We say Pettis can't win, but in my head, I'm envisioning, like, a fight where it's a stalemate for three rounds. <laughs> <laughs> Pettis is the one who just lands, like, a kick. It doesn't KO him, but he just lands one, and he just wins via, oh, I actually threw a, a kick, and you didn't do anything. Yeah. You don't know what, now that, now, actually, now that, now that Sensei talks about it. Wonder Boy putting himself in a position where he loses a close fight is not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, it, but it's it, just such a, a remote possibility. Yeah, I mean, if, if it happens, you know, I guess it is what it is. Um, I, I I can't say that's a fight I'm really looking forward to though. But I mean, if they're gonna throw down, hey, go go for it. You know, this is this how we want to kick off 2019. You know, <laughs> what's the I'm worst that can happen? On the down. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? No, it's a fight I want to see. I want to see Wonder Boy versus Jacare. Hmm. I mean, Wonder Boy has to do something while Woodley's champion. <laughs> I don't know. And, and like, let's be real. So like, hold on, though. So what if what if Pettis? What if that fight does happen and Pettis wins? Does he? You stay at welterweight? Does that become a thing? I mean, you get like an that's like an immediate title shot almost. Basically, yeah. and then that's it's a, a terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't want to see Pettis against the winner of Usman versus uh, Woodley? Do you? I mean, I don't want to see the title fight. Let alone he's got a, he's got, he's got a kicker's chance. Subsequent <laughs> title fight. dude. I could actually see that happen. I could see Pettis just like because we got to be honest. Like these are like. These are not super action-packed fights. Like, the guy who does something might have a chance to win. Like, at the same time, like, it's different when it depends on who they're fighting against. Like, U- Usman is not an action fighter, but the dude never stops fighting. No, no, no. Usman would be a bad... But, like, Woodley, we're talking about, like, even against Darren Till, which is... We're going to talk about that potentially later on. But even against Darren Till, like, the first round was not action. Like, it wasn't all-out war. There was a lot of clinching and playing around in that first round. And the Same second bit. round could really just be summed up as one punch and then some great ground to pound in the finish. So it's not yeah, like... Because the Darren Till averages two strikes per five minutes. Yeah, good point. But, I, <laughs> dude, I could see Pettis... If Pettis employed a Frankie Edgar style, like old school Frankie Edgar style game plan, where it's just like leg kicks, occasional flurries, and circling. I'm about to will this into existence. <laughs> right. I feel, I feel like we're trying to sway people. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just... <laughs> my, my thought process is, okay, uh, Wonder Boy, 6-2 or whatever. Um, no, look, this is not going to happen. We know it's yeah, not going to happen. Not, we know it's not going to happen. I'm just saying, like, and this is me being defensive of Woodley. Woodley fights the way he does because he's like 5-8 in a division where everybody else is like 6-2, 6-3. And... The few Pet, times he's really cut it loose, he's also struggled with his cardio. So. Right. So, like, 
I don't see a guy coming up from 155 who has problems not getting hit. Uh, great one. <laughs> I have a random fight announcement. What's good? And it's it, it's not important, but there's something in this article that is like making me chuckle. So LFA LFA 59 uh, is happening on February 1st. It's headlined by Kyle Kyle Stewart and Jared Gooden. In the co-main event. A name that I have not seen in a while. Um, Seth Bozinski is fighting Daniel Madrid. So in the article it says, in the co-main event, ex-time UFC veteran Seth Bozinski. Like they don't know how many times he fought. Like there's no, you know, normally it would be like three fight veteran, four fight, there's no number. That sounds like some <laughs> easy editing. It just says ex-time UFC veteran. Do you think part of the problem is that, like, and I like Seth Bozinski as a fighter. I thought he was actually a really, like, interesting kind of comeback story. Do you think part of the problem is they're like, fuck, if they look up how many times this guy fights, they're going to see that he lost quite a few of these. So do we dance around that? Like, I don't Actually, just you sounds like bad editing. You can't put X, though. Just just don't put it. Like... No, just bad editing and then bad <laughs> proofreading. And then I guess, like, nobody was just, like... Do you put how many years he's been, he was in the UFC for... You could put like you could literally just put former UFC fighter with multiple fights in the UFC. Yeah, there were yeah. other options. <laughs> and I'm sure he's won a few bonuses. So you could you could even just put UFC fight of the night, performance of the night, KO of the night winner, but sub it, of the night winner. Because I think he did get a sub of the night on on Matt Brown actually. Yeah. I, ooh, I'm about to run that up. I know he beat Matt Brown with like a standing guillotine. Let's see. Man, I missed submission of the night. Fight of the night against Alvin, uh, Alan Joban and Diago Alves. He did not get a bonus of the night, but he did finish. He did finish Matt Brown. Hmm. You could just put guy who finished Matt Brown. How did he end his UFC career? Like, what what streak was he on? A three fight losing streak. Ooh. And then he did the comeback, uh, like the uh, the redemption season. I think he was gone in the first round. Bad. All right, real, real quick before we uh uh start handing out these awards, do we do do, do we want to dissect uh, Woodley Usman or Joan Smith or both real quick? Ooh. Any uh any any feelings, immediate thoughts? When you say dissect, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's dissect is a strong word. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I think it's an accurate word for what Jones is going to do to Smith. <laughs> all right, we'll start with that one then. I think he's going to cut him open with elbows and just start picking his gray matter out of his skull. Yeah, yeah that, that fight has the potential to get really bad. But I'm telling you guys, the, the first minute and 30 seconds of that fight is going to be interesting. I can't vouch for anything after that. <laughs> I'll just put it like this. Anthony Smith earned the title shot. I think it's totally fair to say that he is a justified number one contender. Uh, he has very little chance to win. But I also think his style offensively will at least make it fun. You know what I mean? Like I, I think, think he'll, he'll yeah. I think somehow he'll make it more competitive than people think. But it still well, won't I think like go well, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, what is competitive like grading on a curve? I mean, competitive against Jones at this point is like, did you land like three punches that one of them actually hurt? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Did Jones react at all when you actually when you hit him? How you many know? eye pokes did he hit you with? 
Can we talk about how Jones doesn't use fight, use fight Pass to actually study his opponents? He just goes on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just went to YouTube and typed the Anthony Smith full fight. I am not going to lie. I think John Jones might be the kind of guy who has a Fight Pass account, but doesn't remember his password. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, doesn't actually want to do the whole, like, reset your password thing. So, no, uh, no he, yeah, he didn't have time for that. No, he's too busy being a fucking badass. If he types in your name and, like, you don't have at least, like, three fights that pop up in the results, he's like, yeah, whatever. I'm just winging it. What did you guys say that guy was good at again? <laughs> oh, I'm better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, just that's imagine, the one. Like, he really does have that kind of pure talent. Like, if if he would just, on like two, because remember he beat Shogun like on two weeks' notice, and the the fight was so not competitive that at one point he was just trying things. Like he sat on Shogun's chest and was trying to like hit him from behind. <laughs> it's like imagine being that good. Yes, uh, I I don't know what Smith has for Jones, but um, I'm I'm glad he got the title shot though. Like like he said, he he's a deserving number one contender. He's, you know, he came from middleweight. He's he's made he's he's create yeah he's created his own lane, cre- you know, carved his own path, and you know I didn't think he was gonna get past Vulcan, and he he made it past that. So, so yeah. can I ask a question? Because I don't remember if you guys discussed this on the podcast. Uh, were you guys a part of the truther movement, so to speak, that thought John Jones looked really slow against Gus? No. There are people out there who, who said that. that. He mauled I'm, Gus. I mean, if you want to say he doesn't look as quick as he did when he was fighting, I don't know, flat-footed Rampage, flat-footed Shogun, so, old, hold on, you old scared said, Rashad, then yeah, maybe, but like... So people said he was like really slow in that fight? Well, at the press conference, well, watching it live, I, I, I mean, I was sick, so I might have just been in a different frame of mind, but watching it live, I thought he moved very well. I thought I didn't see any sort of slow down or whatever. Mm. But at the presser, Kevin Ioli was, like, discussing with some people, or he had, I guess he had some Twitter discussions that he asked Dana about, like, wow. did Jones look slow to you? Nice play. Like, is Jones slowing down? And Dana was like, he thought he came up pretty slow and then picked it up. And apparently that's what Daniel Corey thought as well. But watching live, I thought he looked fine. I didn't understand the idea that John Jones was slower. He looked like he was just more in control of what was hitting. Well, I think, well it's kind of hard for me to say because uh, I haven't watched that fight in a very long time but like that fight was from what i remember a lot different than some of his other fights because that was i feel like jones during that streak was like beating people at what they did and he was clint i remember him clinching a lot with with gus and like destroying him in the clinch so maybe it just wasn't like action i don't know i don't know what you people are looking at <laughs> i mean like there's a big like there's a difference between fighting gus and fighting like Glover, right. or, D- or DC, who like like to plant their feet. So like, that's also part of it. Like, I I I don't get the whole he's slowing down thing. I mean, yeah, I didn't buy that either. But even if that's the case, if he's slowing down, no, nobody's <coughs> winning. Still, he he's still. <laughs> if that's even a thing, he's still dusting everybody. I so mean, his slowing down is like still a hundred miles ahead of. You know, whatever you think you're gonna do when you walk in there, the, the next two oh five er, who happens to yeah. be Anthony Smith. <laughs> but you know, good good luck, Anthony Smith. I I, just, I hope I hope I just want that fight to just give me one good moment from Smith. Like let him land one good shot 
that can like get my hopes up very falsely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you know life can go on as normal. I really just and, hope and one like, of the. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 no. You, you first, sir. I, I really hope in this next year where John Jones probably fights like at least two or three mid-tier middleweights who moved up and let themselves into a title <laughs> shot. I'm really hoping they're one of the guys who just ends up beating Jones. If Chris Wadman somehow beat Silva and Jones, <laughs> I'm quitting this whole sport. And Alvin does it. <laughs> no. no. Nope. I would uh, never no, watch the UFC. I On a um, really note, if this is Jones's way to fight three times a year, I'm fine with it. Like Anthony Smith is a deserving guy. He 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 earned it. I got no complaints. It also buys them time to develop. Dom, well, not to develop, but Dom. I mean, if Dom beats get one more test, and then you can do that fight. Yeah, I was gonna say if Dom beats Vulcan, I think you kind of have to. Right, like I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like, it, it, it stalls up some people. I, I'm just curious what they do with DC now, because like we don't know if Brock is going to be a thing, and Jones is fighting in March, so I don't know. Probably don't want to do Stipe. I mean, I yeah. think they do Stipe because that's. <clears throat> I Jones. That's been his biggest draw, right? Uh, Rumble. Rumble, right. I think Rumble Stipe are pretty close in terms of DC's toughest. I mean, not toughest, but biggest draws. Yeah. Gus is the lowest, I think. Gus or, or, or Derek Lewis. Yeah. How about, uh, how, how are we feeling about Woodley Usman? Feeling like I don't want to watch. <laughs> I mean, I like this better than the Kobe Covington fight. I do and I don't. I wanted <laughs> to see Kobe get his head, like completely knocked off a swivel but. you see i don't think kobe covington getting knocked out would t- like take him down a peg but i do think getting completely passed over <laughs> it just be i was so gonna t- say do you like it more because you think it's a more competitive fighter like i forgot that there is a personal issue yeah fuck kobe uh, covington uh, no nah, i think i think even kobe's personality side i think this fight is a lot more competitive i don't i don't think kobe has anything for Woodley. Well, See, I just I don't, don't like watching Covington fight because he doesn't look like a good fighter. Like, and I know that's that that's contradictory to the fact that he's beaten Damian Maya and Rafael dos Anjos. But you, I don't watch him and I see like an elite fighter. I watch him and like he, he kind of just like I, I don't know how to describe it. It it doesn't look like elite MMA. For me, it's simply but. <laughs> doesn't look like he just doesn't look like what he's doing is right is that what you're saying yeah he, 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 he like there's so it's much just about his game in that it's not it's not pretty but it's just it's very like effective like pressure like I, I i'm just gonna outwork you i'm not really gonna look super great at it and i'm not gonna do anything that's gonna wow you but you know i'll just do more than you and i'll stifle your offense enough so that i just kind of get the win by default for me, it's just I don't want to deal with the toxicity of this that fight promotion. Like, I, I don't want... Maybe that was part of it. Maybe they just didn't want to put Jones and Covington on the same card. Yeah, because I think John Jones would absolutely fight him in, like, a hotel. Oh, hell yeah. And, and not give a shit about what would happen afterwards. I mean, no, why would that's, he? That, there no uh, that's, the, that's the one time if Jones got suspended, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> you know, I'm down for that headline. I just, I just don't <laughs> think, like, I just can't imagine... It, First off, if Covington earns it, he earns whatever. But 
Usman's earned it too, so it's like a coin flip. And I would probably just, the lead up, I would probably rather just deal with Usman and Woodley, because that's going to be cringy, but it's not going to be offensive. And I kind of don't want, like, I don't know if I can handle two Khabib Connors, like, in back-to-back years, so to speak. So. That was going to be really funny. If Ben Askren beats Robbie Lawler, and then they just give him whoever wins Woodley Usman, they just pass over coming to the kid. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like that could happen because, like, if you do this historic trade for, for, you know, you didn't bring him over to have him sit on the sidelines, so. And uh, I believe I like he, he said that there's, there, that there's, like, a plan in place with him and Woodley if they, like, are the next in line, so to speak, which I imagine would just mean Woodley goes up to 185. But I'm fine with Usman Woodley. It's a, it's it's it'll do. Yeah, I I I like this fight better. I think it's more competitive. Um, but I'm I'm pretty sure I'm I'm preparing myself for a five rounder that may not have a ton going on. I'm just kind of interested to see like who's gonna have like the first moment. I, I I think I know what I'm getting into in this fight, so I'm preparing to not have like my mind blown. I, I know what I'm. I, I have an idea of what I'm gonna see. I just so I'm interested to see how it'll play out. I just want to know what Usman does when he walks onto a Woodley right hand because it's going to happen. Like, I don't think he's going to be able to take Woodley down early. But he's going to pressure him into the fence. He's going to walk into a right hand. I want to know if that freezes him up for the rest of the fight or if he doubles down or if he learns nothing and just continues doing what he does. Yeah, I think the biggest fear for this fight would be Maya Woodley where... Maya came out, he got hurt a few times, and then it was just like, I'm just going to shoot doubles until until I get it, or but you're not going to hit me again. So that's kind of my concern from a viewer. Because this fight is going to live in the clinch. And I don't know if Usman is stronger than Woodley. I know he's more he's more determined. I think that like Usman, Usman has no problem. We've seen him fight five-round fights where he's just nothing but action. Action in quotation marks, but like he's nothing but pressure and activity. So, you know, like there, if, if this fight hits the championship rounds, I think it'll be Usman's fight. But yeah, I mean, I don't think we've ever seen Usman hit clean, you know, outside of RDA catching him one time, but RDA is a 155er who wasn't necessarily known for his power, anyways. Right. I will say, man, it's probably going to happen, but Woodley, Usman, and Asker and Lawler back to back on that main card is going to test some people. <laughs> it's going to test some folks. Yeah. You know what? I could. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say it. Ways to... <laughs> I'm trying to think of ways to defend this. I think Askren Robbie has ways to not be as boring as people may think it'll be. I mean, of course it does. Robbie Lawler's in it. For one, yeah. For one, it's a Robbie Lawler fight, so we kind of never know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, but this is Robbie Lawler that... Oh, wow. Holly Holmes opening that card, too. That's a good... It's a, it's a really, really, really good card with a bunch of fights I just can't care about. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll, I think it'll be decent. Like... Oh, like I'm looking at that card now for what it like what it's worth. It's like OSP versus Misha Sarkinov. All right, that's okay fight. 
Gina Mazzani versus Macy Chiasson, which has the potential at bantamweight, which has the potential to be just god awful. Diego or a Sanchez, fighter dies trying to cut weight because I'm not. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, like, yeah. Not, I'm yeah, not up I'm not for that, that weight one. cut. Mickey Gall and Diego Sanchez, which we should all say no to. Well, that'll be fun. I'm actually no. kind of excited about that. No. Now. Come on, no. that's like, dude, it's not like no. Mickey Gall's gonna rock him. On the, it's gonna be a grappling contest. That'll be fun. That, yeah, that's fine. Like, that's fine. Whatever. I'm, I'm not with it. Is that uh, the, <laughs> that's Wait, Tisha, Tisha Torres and Wei Li Zhang, which should be good. There we go. I'm all for that one. I'm excited for that one, actually. Holly Holm versus Aspen Ladd in a fight where I can see Holly Holm literally just like shadow boxing her way to victory because Aspen Ladd's never fought an outfighter like her before. Or Holm getting taken down and, and really hurt. Yeah, see, that's why I'm really interested in that. Well, like, I, 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 like I don't that. know how Aspen Ladd takes her down because Aspen Ladd gets all her takedowns from the clinch and Holly Holm's a great neutralizer from the clinch. No, no, no. I don't know, but I'm, well, I'm, you know. Maybe she's we gotta improved. we gotta we gotta draw out all the scenarios. Yeah, yeah. maybe she's improved because because I think if Lad takes her down, like that uh, fight's over. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. Aspen yeah. Lad was probably gonna have a good fifteen pounds on Holly Holm. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Stevens versus Sabit Magomed Sharapov, which is a great fight. Oof. And then it's Ben Askren, Robbie Lawler, Tyra Woodley, Lisma, and John Jones, Anthony Smith. What the I think I think that. I think those cards are. I think that card will be fun. No, I mean, like, like on 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 paper, it's it's on paper. I think it's great, but you know, as we've seen, on paper doesn't necessarily always translate. I'm just saying, but... March third could roll around, and we could be coming to record, and I can hear us being all types of frustrated and upset. Well, you know what? It can't be any. What was that one card? That Poland that... card. Oh yeah, it can't get any worse than. You know, I, I guarantee you it gets no worse than that. Existentially meaningless. <laughs> Which the card the one that? that lasted 18 hours. <laughs> Whatever card that was. Which card that lasted 15 hours? They all last that long. No, 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 no. no. This one, like, broke the record. And a cool card did, is did, this? Didn't it break the record for, like, it was the longest card? Yeah. Um, like, every fight, I think, went to decision. Ooh. It's the one where, yeah, it wasn't that the Till Cerrone card? No, that was Poland. Yeah, it was a Poland. No, because Poland had some finishes, didn't it? I don't remember. Like, no, Poland had the finish. It had the. Are we talking about Melbourne? With Verdun against Tibera. No, not Moncton. Was it Moncton? Oh, Moncton. Was it Moncton? Was well, well when I was here for Moncton, we were not happy. No. But I think that was because Anikul like just lost his mind with the Ed Herman Volante fight. <laughs> <laughs> and that was also the same weekend where they finalized the. Askren Mighty Mouse trade. Oh yeah, that was just not a good time for me. <laughs> I wasn't in a good place. Yeah, dark, dark times. It might have been that Verdum Tybura card. All I remember is it was existentially meaningless and nothing mattered, and I hated it. Yeah, it was terrible. It I, was I think awful. it was. I think it was Dan Hardy who was like quietly, quietly like tearing himself apart because he's like, "This is the longest <laughs> show in UFC history," and apparently the venue was really hot. So I was just like, poor dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, wa- it was the um the, the Verdum Tybura card where we just all lost our shit. Are we doing yeah. the worst card of the year, by the way? Because I, I, like... You can't, because that would get it by a landslide. It'd be no that point. was last year. Last year. Well, I think the worst oh. card of the year, like... I feel like any tough finale is a contender for worst card of the year. <laughs> See, I can't comment because I don't watch tough. <laughs> I'm talking uh, about the finale. Oh, uh, 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 
the one that had like Edmund Shabazian and that was like where does that rank in worst fight like what's worst fight of the year um worst oh wow we didn't even do I I, I've got a I mean you know what let's let's get to our awards and then the end depending on time We'll just make up some last-minute ones, and we'll just start handing them out on the spot. All right, I have the worst fight of the year in front of me now. I was gonna, I was gonna say something, but Annika would like throw a shoe at me. All right, no, no, we gotta wait. We gotta wait. I will fight you. I don't know what you're gonna say, but I will fight you over it. You probably have an idea of where I was going. (laughs) We can't throw shoes before the award ceremony. You said you said worst fight of the year, and I I, like, (laughs) I was gonna ask for a caveat. All right. Let's uh let's let's kick off these awards. Um, so this is the uh, Dojo Talk Podcast 2018 uh, awards. We'll be covering all of the great things and possibly not so great things <clears throat> that happened in the uh, year of MMA and combat sports in 2018. So just for the listeners, uh, how this will go, at least how I plan this to go, but things never go as planned. But we're gonna try. Um, these awards are not restricted to MMA, it could be boxing, kickboxing, wrestling, a world star fight, I don't care. Wait, what? <laughs> if there was a world star fight that was a KO of the year, you could put it on there, you know, we wouldn't have their names, but we would put up a link or something. But, I say that to say, the awards were not restricted to MMA. Um, we'll have, obviously, a winner for every category, and then, uh, honorable mentions, and we'll mention the honorable mentions first, and then we'll do the uh, award winner. And that'll just, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get it as we go. So, I'm just going to read these in the order that I have them listed on my sticky note, which is kind of out of control. Uh, so, we're going to start with the big one. Um, fight of the year for 2018. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll kick this one off. Um... So this award for me actually just changed within the last hour <laughs> because I went <laughs> <Wait>. back. <laughs> so, like being decisive. so I had, I thought I had my number one like, <coughs> in the bag. Like I thought it was definitive. And then something told me today, like, let me go back and watch what I have on my list. And then I went back and watched them and I, I changed my mind at the last second. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to disagree with me. And that's completely fine. Um, so my honorable mentions for fight of the year, which I only wrote down two, uh, was Anglesong and Ken Hasegawa uh, from one championship. I don't know what event, but it was in one championship. Uh, and Romero Whitaker too was my honorable mention. That was originally my winner, my like definitive winner. Um, but after some flip flopping. And going back and watching fights, uh, my fight of the year is going to go to Tenshin Nasakawa and Ra Tang, Lord, I'm going to butcher this name, Jit Moon Yang at Rise 125. Um, really thought for a second you were going to go somewhere else. And I oh, was, no, 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 no that, I would never do that. That's the way to be a man <laughs> and stand up no. on here. <laughs> no. Um, we're killing this program. That's what you were trying I, to do right there. <laughs> I think Tension Rotang won for me because when I went back and watched both fights, like, don't get me wrong, like, the Whitaker-Romero fight is amazing. And, you know, anybody who has that fight of the year, you're not going to hear an argument from me. Um, But I felt like the Tension Rotang fight was, like, more active throughout. 
Because there were parts of Whitaker Romero too, especially like the first round. There wasn't really a ton really going on. Like Romero came out the first round and he kind of just stood there. <laughs> and, you know, Whitaker, you know, he, he, he did what he does, kind of picking them apart. But there wasn't really, I feel like Whitaker Romero too didn't really kick into like high gear until about midway through the fight. Oh, at least Romero started fighting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when he actually started throwing back. Tension Rotang was action pretty much like the entire time. And then it actually went to an overtime. Even though <laughs> even though I didn't think the tension fight should have went to overtime. Um but, you know, I'm not a judge, so it is what it is. But yeah, that that fight for me was action packed the entire way. Aside from the Floyd fight, which I don't even like mentioning, this was the first fight where we really saw attention had to work for a win like it was a really really close fight he fought somebody who was not going to go away and stood in his face the entire time um so that that was my fight of the year man that fight was amazing to me i've watched i've watched that fight a, a bunch of times um and it's just action-packed the entire way through and i thoroughly thoroughly enjoy watching that so my fight of the year is tension nasikawa versus Rateng jit munyan at rise 125 yeah. All right, solid pick. Um, so, my pick is, uh, well, I, I guess we're doing honorable mentions first. Yep. Um, well, I didn't realize that we could actually do outside of MMA. So. Yeah, it's a good point. You cheated. <laughs> I know, cheated I'll put it on your own award show. I put it on the notes. She did her own award show. It's I'm definitely in the message I sent. It was, it was definitely in the now. message I sent both of y'all. I'm just mad now. It was that, the first sentence. That's some cheatery. Wait, I, I don't believe this. It definitely that's is. That's like you show up to play football and they're like, nah, it's two hand touch now. I'm going to bring here. up the, the Twitter post. I'm booing. Because I think I sent you guys both the same post. I just screenshotted it. Well, you know I don't. You know I can't read. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely in the notes. I'm looking at it. It was the first lot. sentence. <laughs> that's some editing. That's some oh, shit, he's right. Wait, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate you, Anna. Cool. Damn. I got to learn. We had the same thing last year, and you, uh, <laughs> and, you know, we, we, made, we made good use of it. Because you switched to the last year, you had a... Uh, the what's the name fight? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, the um, Klitschko. The Klitschko Joshua fight. Yeah. Um. Well, <laughs> one fight I would there's one change I'm gonna make. But go on, go on, sir. Well, if we're doing, I'm, I'm, I, you know, it doesn't change my fight of the year. So I'm gonna just do my honorable mentions, and I'm, I'm gonna work one boxing match. And um, if you guys haven't seen it, if you're a fan of MMA and you have you haven't watched boxing this year, um, the one fight you should probably go see is Jared Hurt. Versus uh, Erislan Diora, which is really weird to think that Erislan Diora is in anything close to being fight of the year, but he is. <laughs> um, just watching Jarrett Hurd go zombie mode for twelve rounds as he marches down Lara and proceeds to just bomb on him repeatedly. But it, it, it was something to see. Um. Probably helps that he's like two weight classes bigger than him, but that that was that like if you, if you haven't seen it already, go watch that fight. It's really great. Um, what else? Uh, let's see. 
on my uh, honorable mentions list, I had uh, Korean Zombie versus Yaya Rodriguez. And, you know, believe me, that one will show up again later. Uh, Gaethje versus Poirier. Alvarez versus Poirier, too. Uh, Weidman versus Jacare. Which I'm actually watching right now. <laughs> Johnson versus Cejudo, too. And Rose versus Yawanda. Um, but my fight of the year is Robert Whitaker versus Romero. Yo Romero, too. Um, yeah, Yo Romero didn't make weight. Yeah, he didn't start fighting until the third round, but, like, that, that's why we love him. <laughs> because it's his pure disdain for, like, anybody's rules but his own. And God's. <laughs> and God. Gotta throw God in there. Uh, uh, he is the soldier of God. Right. So... Um, but just <laughs> tremendous fight. Uh, Yo Romero no selling a head kick is just in, instant, <laughs> instantly one of the best moments in MMA history. <laughs> um, like I, I, I it, it's one of the best title fights I've ever seen. Even though it wasn't really for the title, um, it, like th- there's nothing I can say about the fight that if you've seen it, you don't already know. Like. Just pure grit on the part of Robert Whitaker, who had who hadn't fought for like what a year prior to that, because he won the title back in almost June. July. So July to yeah. June, yeah, yeah. And then he broke his didn't he break his hand in that fight? He broke his everything. His everything, fight. yeah. <laughs> I think he pretty much said, "I never want to fight Robert Whitaker. I never want to fight you all Romero again because I break everything in my body doing it." I mean, like that that took some years off his career. If we're being honest, um, so I'm just I'm 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 like you know, he deserves it for that. Like just a gutsy performance from both guys, and that's what you want. And when two guys are given like a big stage to do the damn thing and just fight, so props to both guys. Here's hoping Robert Whitaker's healthy in 2019. That's it. That, that's your uh, that's your choice, huh? Yes. All right, so that was actually my fight of the year or my top choice, uh, but I did come up with a few other ones. Uh, the second one, which I'm surprised nobody mentions, but may just just be me still feeling it, is uh, my number two was Brian Ortega against Max Holloway. Um, just the story going into that fight, what Holloway had been through, maybe amplified it a little bit for me, but the fight itself was really, 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 really good. And I feel like the fourth round is one of the greatest single-round performances of any human being I've ever seen in MMA. Um, th- like there's no round I can compare it to. There's no one round, maybe even like the Robbie Lawler style, big fight rounds where he kind of comes out in the fifth round and goes crazy. I can't even think that those are accurate comparisons because Ortega pretty much like Holloway finished Ortega pretty much. Um, so I have a hard time kind of finding a round where one dude just, where one dude says at the start of the round, I'm going to finish him here and then proceeds to go out and throw everything perfectly like just he, he didn't miss with anything and it was just non-stop offense against a really good fighter an undefeated good fighter uh and i also think it gets forgotten that in the third round ortega had a lot of success like he he really did mount some solid offense in that third round so you think about the third round you're going into the fourth round and it's like it could have been anybody's fight, and to see Holloway have that championship-level performance where he just shut things down is unreal. Uh, obviously, my top choice was Whitaker versus Romero, 
and I feel like Anna Cole said everything there is to say about it. When you draw up a championship fight, that's probably what it looks like. Granted, you would want a little bit more action, but one of the bigger things I think people forget about Rory McDonald, Robbie Lawler, the fight everybody loves, is that fans were booing like in the second round of that fight. Because it takes some time for some guys to warm up. So it's not a big surprise that <coughs> not a big surprise that Yoel Romero was just like, all right, you do your thing, and then when I want to show up, I'm going to show up. So, like, sometimes that's what happens in title fights. I also had the Korean Zombie against Yaya Rodriguez. And in a little bit of a surprise, because I think some people kind of know me, my fourth choice was Jeremy Stevens against Jose Aldo, which for my money was the best one-round fight of the year, uh, at least in MMA. So, you know, Stevens had a lot of success early in that first round. And then seeing, like, old-school Jose Aldo, the Aldo that, for a brief moment in time, we got to see the guy who ran through, like, uh, Mike Brown and, and uh, Manuel Gamberi and Cub Swanson. Like, for a brief period of time, we got to see that guy again. So that's probably one of my favorite uh, fourth. Like, that, that's one of my favorite one-round performances that I've seen this year or last year. And um, it's weird because I don't think it's, like... Because now that you mentioned boxing, like, I'm thinking about Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. And it's, like, that's kind of not... Like, it action-wise, it isn't the fight of the year, but I have a hard time thinking of a fight that's more tense. Yeah. Like, a fight that's more memorable. Yeah, like, it wasn't... <laughs> it's, like, wasn't a great fight, but it was a great fight at the same time. You know what I think, you know what I think it is about that fight? It's just so easy to follow in yeah. terms of just, like, you, you know what the narrative is going in, and it played out exactly like it you thought it would if you were on the outside looking in, if you had like a rudimentary understanding of boxing. So also uh, another one on my list is Kelvin Gastelum against Jacare. I went with a different Jacare fight. Um, Jacare has that amazing first round. Gastelum has probably the best second round. And then the third round is just like Kelvin Gastelum eating every right hook that's thrown his way while marching into punching range to get to Jacare who's trying his 40-something-year-old heart out. And uh, it's a really great back-and-forth fight, one of the funner fights that I remember this year. So uh, that was it, but it seems like we are we got two for uh, Whitaker Romero and then one guy who broke the rules to create his own, <laughs> his own, his own, uh, his own thing. Oh, man. When you're the host, it's you crazy. get to make up the rules. Yeah, these are the perks you get comes in the uh, the podcast host package. It absolutely is in the message, <laughs> by the way, but I don't think any of us actually. <laughs> I, I just got to the categories. It's like, I, yeah, I, know I, the rules. Too. I know the rules. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, it's like fight when you go to really Japan good. and you're like, what do you mean I can't throw elbows? <laughs> God, this Jacare Wobbin fight was amazing. Yeah. I'm watching this now, like, while you. I just have fight pass on this whole podcast. I like I stumble. I didn't watch all the fights, but I wanted to get a second look at Jacare Gastelum, and I'm like, you know what? It really does hold up. Like it's a great fight. It is. Jacare had a hell of a year. He did. Will he, he win did. Fighter of the Year? We're gonna have to find out if we can ever get to it. Um. Oh, real quick, because I forgot about it. Um, Marat Gassia versus Yunir Dotikos. The what was it? The semifinal or the final for uh, the semifinal? One well, of the semifinals for the World Boxing Super Series. Um, another great fight. Just, just making people up now. Yeah, I mean Dorticos, <laughs> sponsored by Doritos. Um, yeah, no, like another great fight, twelve <laughs> round knockout. 
Mm-hmm. Just tremendous, tremendous action. Like, if you like watching big men throw punches at one another and then standing in a phone booth, like, that's the fight for you. All right. Moving on. You know, we got all the good... Well, yeah, we, we do all the magic major categories first. So, next category. KO of the year. Um, This is probably the most fun to research. But then I found in researching this that there are like 80,000 honorable mentions. So I had to like stop looking at highlight videos. <laughs> <laughs> like I went and looked at boxing KOs alone this year. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't know how many there were. Yeah. And I was like, I had to like, I just, I had to stop myself from looking at highlight videos. Because it, there, there are so many honorable mentions that I can't even like remember. But it was a, a great year for KOs um, across pretty much every combat sport. But uh, my two honorable mentions uh, was Lyoto Machida uh, front-kicking Vitor Belfort. Um, my other honorable mention was in one championship in one of their Muay Thai fights. It was Yad Sinclair Fairtex, who landed a triple uppercut <laughs> against Luis Regis. Um, it was just it was a triple uppercut. I don't really know how else to describe it. He literally just spammed an uppercut three times and until Luis died. Um, but KO of the year, man. Yair versus Korean Zombie. I've never seen somebody duck and land a back elbow. As much as, like, it hurts me, I don't like seeing that picture of Korean Zombie who's just, like, laid out on the floor. And he looks like, like Mufasa after he got hit by the stampede. Like, he's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's just laying there. I don't like seeing that picture. But my God, that KO was... Boy... It was just, the setup was so crazy because the fight was almost over. And they pulled the whole, well, let's just throw down for the last, like, ten seconds. All right, let's do it. And then you get elbowed. Like, <laughs> I've, I've never I've never seen anything like that. So, yeah, th- this for me was a no-brainer. Uh, Yair, back elbow, d- ducking back elbow uh, against Korean Zombie. Yeah, I, I had trouble picking a KO of the year. It was just so many great ones. Like even Bellator had like a couple of good ones. Like yeah, they were they weren't um there wasn't as much weight to it. But watching Bandejas uh just sweet chin music, freaking Gallagher <laughs> the side of the face was that was the good stuff right there. Uh, you know, Aaron Pico knocking out that guy. Uh, <laughs> that guy who caught the body shot. Crutch, uh, Crutchton, Crutchton, the Marine. And, and one of the most bizarre, um, I guess, marketing slash promotional moves ever. I mean, having... it's, a bad, it's a bad idea to have the Marine on the fight for the troops. Was it the fight for the troops card? Just... That he had? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think it was, but it might have been. Just have the Marine go out there and get knocked out by the guy who's supposed to be representing America. How you do it? At the Olympics, like, you know, maybe not the best move promotionally, but it made first a great knockout. Um, Derek Lewis knocking out Alexander Volkov after getting his ass kicked for, like, 14 minutes. Uh, like you said, Majita Belfort. Um, Jessica Andraj just absolutely ruining Carolina Kovalkiewicz's life 
Dude, I forgot that was a thing oh, until I just remember like that. Yeah. somebody posted it on Twitter, and then I got really sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's all be depressing right now. <laughs> all right, I got one. I got one to lift your spirits. What Yoel Romero did to Luke Rockhold. Yeah, yeah, that's that's up there. Um, it, also, it also lifted Rockhold's head seven <laughs> seven inches <laughs> off his shoulders. He lifted. If there lifted was no cage, off the ground. If there was no cage, that that his head would. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's like a Mortal Kombat <laughs> fatality. <laughs> like the only thing close to it that I can compare it to is Francis Ngannou just freaking tearing <laughs> Alistair Overeem's head clean off his shoulders. But I think it's worse because Overeem was upright, whereas Rockhold looks like like he's forlorn. And then it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like you know, again, a man who makes his own rules. Was just like, ah, let's 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 give him one more. It sounded oh. like a shotgun went off. Yeah. <laughs> Little kiss, and then afterwards, and then again afterwards, lifts him like confronts him in the corner and kisses him on the cheek and tells him he loves him. <laughs> It hurt me more than it hurt you. It's so yeah, <laughs> <abusive>. <laughs> um, Amanda Nunes knocking out Chris Cyborg for you know last minute contender. I'm uh, gonna have to talk after this. That I'm still thinking about that Rockhold Romero. <laughs> <laughs> but Sensei, I gotta agree with you, man. Like, it, like Korean Zombie, Yair Rodriguez. That was. Like that's an all timer across all sports. Just from narrative wise, like there's a dude who, like what, two three months earlier got cut by his boss and publicly defamed. Takes this fight on short notice. Like what? He had like a week or two. I think eleven days. Eleven days. Eleven days to, to get ready for a guy who was a stylistic nightmare for him, and then proceeds to in the very last second of the fight, a fight where he's down, probably at least three rounds to one on the cards. Proceeds to land a back elbow while he is facing the ground, not even looking at his opponent, like a. Oh my! Like that—that uh, that might be the greatest knockout we've ever seen. It, it just hits yeah. all the boxes. Like I—I—I—I I, 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 I don't think we're ever going to see anything like it ever again. Mm-mm. Unless he tops it with something else, and <laughs> freaking just lands a tornado kick on Max Holloway. Right. <laughs> oh man. All right, Joey, what you got? So most of the good ones I like were already taken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say like there, there's been a lot of great finishes. Um, I like the Volkanovski Mendez. It wasn't, a, but it wasn't a clean KO. But I like the shot he set up to flat to to get Mendez to face plant basically. Um, Khalil Roundtree against Gokansaki. I put that on my list. Ooh. Um, I try to forget about that. <clears throat> UFC two two six, I believe. I wanted to put Garbrandt Dillashaw on the list, but Stokes might listen, so I didn't. Uh, <laughs> Uel Romero, Luke Rockhold was on my list. Derek Lewis, Alexander Volkanovsky. Kalen Hill against Andre Walker from LFA. The back fist that like, knocked the dude into like a 
Smash Brothers style fly off the yeah. screen. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot all about that. Shit. And uh, my number one, Yair Rodriguez, uh, Korean Zombie, in what is going to be a continuous theme of the night. Nothing else I can say. So that, that's the easiest yeah. one. Yeah. You'll never have a you'll never have a situation play out that perfectly. <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah, that's never gonna be replicated ever. Like the next person that tries to do that is gonna like duck for the elbow and fall. Like <laughs> it's just not gonna work. There's actually a really interesting like not a backstory, but an interesting part of that. Yeah, Uriga said he learned it from Donald Cerrone, and there was like a discussion that he had just made that up. But someone found a gif of Cerrone trying the same elbow against Jeremy Stevens. And the difference is that Stevens is on the other side of where the elbow goes. But if he's on the right side, he hits it, like, flushed. So he probably really did learn it from Cowboy Cerrone. Wow. I wish I still had the gif of it. So Look look at Cowboy imparting knowledge on the youth. (laughs) On the the youth? (laughs) Well, he's got the old man beard now. I was so. going to say the youth, but, like, Yair Rika is probably, like, he really is, like, 22, 23, right? So, yeah. He's been in the UFC since 2014. He just, like... He got there when he was, like, 20. Yeah, so he's, like... It's just weird, because you think of him as, like, a veteran at this point. We still... It's funny. Speaking of... Well, yeah, I think it was prior to recording, where we were bashing tough. <laughs> His tough fight was awesome. Wasn't he was tough? Wasn't he like tough? I forgot what it was. Tough fight in America. Latin America yeah. season one. I wrote yeah. His tough fight was amazing. I, I remember watching it, and I didn't know how far he could go because he was just doing a bunch of video game moves. But I knew I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, guess, I, I guess since we mentioned tough Latin America, I might as well stay on brand. Cheeto Vera against Guido Canetti in Argentina. Repeated knees against the fence will mm. never not be entertaining. So, yeah. thumbs up to him as well for honorable mention. There we go. So, Gaier takes the clean sweep of uh, KO of the year. Yeah, you just good luck on anybody trying to top that um, ever. Um, next category, submission of the year. So this is uh, probably where I'm gonna lose a lot of people, and that's fine. <laughs> um, this for me was kind of hard to research because I couldn't. Like when when Mighty Mouse did the Mighty Armbar, like you kind of just knew like nobody's gonna beat that, like. We've never even really seen that before. Um, this year, not that I could think of off the top of my head, I couldn't really think of any submissions that really like stood out, stood out, but I also have terrible memory. So there could have been a lot of great ones that probably just didn't make my list at all. Um, but my two honorable mentions, which were actually both the same, uh, was the Aljamain Sterling knee bar, and then on that same card, uh, Zabit knee bar against Brandon <coughs> Davis. Damn. Uh, <laughs> Those no, are my like two that's, honorable. Oh, that's your honorable mention. Okay, never mind. Go on. Yeah. Um, you you probably won't be thrilled with what one. <laughs> mm, let's find out. <laughs> my submission of the year, which is a card we literally just reviewed last week, comes from Ryzen fourteen, and this one because I've never seen this before. Uh, Yuki Motoya's TP choke over Justin Scoggins. I didn't know what a TP choke was until last week. I, I'd never seen it before. I didn't know that was a thing. A teepee joke. I thought you said something else. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was about to say, you could see those. You look like. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, Yuki Motoya hit a, a, a teepee choke against Justin Scoggins. Um, I guess if I can describe <coughs> what this looks like for people who don't know... Um, 
I don't know, he squeezed Justin Scoggin's head like a Mortal Kombat fatality while pulling his head down to, like, add more pressure, I guess. It looked very painful. Um, yeah, that's my submission of the year, because I've just, I've never seen that before. Um, and I, I did think of adding Ryan Hall and BJ Penn, but it was because he beat BJ Penn that I couldn't. Um, but that was a beautiful roll into that uh, hill hook or whatever it was, but it was against BJ Penn, so I had to dock points. But yeah, my submission of the year, uh, Yuki Motoya's TP choke against Justin Scoggins at Ryzen 14. Uh, that's that's a good one. I even considered putting it on there. I I actually blocked out my memory after we recorded that podcast. <laughs> not not for because I'm a huge Justin Scoggins fan, just because I, I tend to forget things as soon as we talk about them. Because that's the only way I stay sane, or or at least my version of sane. So, <laughs> uh, no, that's a really good one. Um, one of my honorable mentions. Um. Speaking of Ryzen 14, was uh, Kyoji Horikoshi guillotining Darian uh, Caldwell? If why for... it sucks to go last. <laughs> <laughs> was, that your, was that your answer? Is that, no, is that but my, my three of the four submissions I have are, have already been listed. <laughs> so we're, uh, in a, we're in a poo poo space right now. All right, well, ne- next next category we'll switch up. We'll let you go second. Yeah, yeah, you can go. You can take my spot or Sensei's spot. Um, no, it's it's really not a big deal. It's just like shit. I'm just gonna repeat everything these guys say, huh? <laughs> Which I'm fine with because Anikul tends to tends to emphasize things the way I wish I could. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah, hey, just call, yeah, pat call, yourself call, on the back. Why yeah, not? Right? I'm, I'm great. <laughs> I'm amazing. Um, but like Caldwell is a top ten, top fifteen talent at bantamweight. You like we can argue about what um uh like I, I guess resume and everything like that. But I, I feel secure saying that if he was in the USA, he'd be a top ten, top fifteen type of guy. And to have Kyoji Horiguchi just basically, I, like I guess you could say move up because I, I know they met the weird whatever limit that um. <coughs> You know, kilograms translates over to pounds over here, uh, over here in the states. But um, dude, just guillotine the Bellator bandweight champion. He's a flyweight. Like that, that's pretty tremendous. Even Paul was the type of dude who's who actively seeks getting himself submitted, a, a la Joe Timingo. Um so I found that really impressive. It, it, it didn't quite have like the style points that I, I, I like to see with submission of the year. I always like to see something a little funkier, a, a little weirder, maybe a little bit more dramatic. Um, my my actual submission of the year was uh, Aljamain Sterling um, over Cody Stamen because uh, while it wasn't as pretty as the beats, and yeah, like. Zabitz was like locked in all the way. He has leg all the way across, like Brandon Davis's like hip. And I think just the measure of okay, this is the first time it's been done in the UFC, or at least the first time it's been done in like ten, fifteen years. Um, it had that mix of that and oh, Cody Stamen's actual top fifteen bantamweight, as opposed to Brandon Davis, who probably shouldn't be in the UFC. How dare you! I mean, let's just be real. I'm just, I'm just like. I think Aljamain's to me look a lot more painful too. Yeah, like I think was Stamen the one who was like screaming in pain. Yeah, Stamen. Yeah, it, bad, yeah, bad shape. Yeah, yeah, like so. 
that's my submission of the year. I had a couple of other ones on here, but I'm gonna see if Joey mentions them first. Uh, I'm All right. The space. Yeah. Uh, no, you you took my you have my number one. We're we're there together. Aljamain Sterling versus Cody Stamen. The smoothness and the fluidity of Aljamain Sterling, plus just the post fact uh, the post fight madness where Stamen sounded like he was being like torn apart. Like it was awful, awful, awful. Uh, my top my honorable mentions under that were. This one I know is going to be controversial, but again, like I, we had a conversation about this off air. Khabib versus Conor McGregor has to be there just because it's so significant. It's not the flashiest, but it like it's not the flashiest, but it'll be the submission everybody remembers when 2018 is brought up. Like that's the big one. Uh, I also had Kyoji Horiguchi against Darian Caldwell uh, to show that I'm a man who's not afraid to hurt myself. I had Michael Chiesa's. Uh, Kimura against Carlos Condit, where he, oh, how dare where he you. pretty much just, it hurt, it hurt, it hurt me, it hurt me. Where that he, was a that was a really dope submission though. We what? Yeah, it was alright. Like was just what? on just on style, that was a really dope submission. Yeah, cool. and 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 then it like it was also like a heart attack because it made me feel really bad. Um, About four point five out of ten. <laughs> well, I was sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there. And lastly, I'm surprised nobody mentioned this, but then again, also not surprised. Uh, I just put Alexi Olenek's 2018. Uh, <laughs> hold on, he had the is what, what what he had his the Olenek choke Ezekiel choke yeah the Ezekiel yeah. choke against Junior Albini, which a guy a guy with head that small imagine hitting that choke, um, and then Mark Hunt in Russia, where he pretty much got boxed up for about two minutes and then stunned Mark Hunt and submitted him so. Uh, I couldn't put Olenek for fighter of the year, so I wanted to give him a little bit of love in the submission of the year category. See, I actually did. I had him on my short list with the um, the Ezekiel choke. It's just such a weird choke. Like you have to almost kind of give it due props. But like, well, like it's it's a choke you're not supposed to be able to do without a gi. He's or a like man. some piece of clothing. Special man. It's just that oh, like owner Olenek's that right mix of just like bulky enough and limber enough to do it. <laughs> Which is amazing when you consider that he's like 57 years old in real time. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I'm glad I have you guys on here with me. Because you guys remember all the submissions that I completely forgot existed. Well, here's one that I had on my short list for drama. For, uh, or at least how dramatic it was. Um, Paul Craig. Over Magomed oh, yeah. Ankaev. Yeah, that was a good one too. Oh, the last Hail Mary. Uh, that, <laughs> that was a 1459 mark triangle submission. He, joke, yeah. uh, he hit... Yeah, like that that's up there. Like just for how dramatic it is. And then just because I don't want to be like just a UFC stickler, um I had Patty Pimlet hitting oh, yeah, his flying Yeah, hitting his flying triangle over Alexis uh saw the, uh was it Soetis and Cage Warriors, so Yeah. Not not uh, like there wasn't no um like I, I mentioned this to Sensei like last week because we were brainstorming like submission of the year winner. There's, like there, there was no helicopter armbar this year, but there, there, there was All some. Right. <laughs> like, but there was some cool stuff. So, yeah, I think we did good. We gave we gave a lot of people props who I forgot. So, <laughs> yeah, we could we covered everybody. I think everybody who was worthy got a got a good note. All right, this next category. This one was a little, little, little challenging. Uh, performance of the year. Uh, so for performance of the year, basically, uh, 
not technically the best fight, but just the performance that impressed us the most. Um, to be honest, this is another category where I, I, I kind of, and even watching fights today, I'm thinking of more fights I could have added to my honorable mentions. Like, I think Jacare Wadman could have went here for me for Jacare. Um, but my two honorable mentions that I had uh, was Max Holloway's performance against Brian Ortega. And, uh, oh God, correct me if this fight actually happened this year. Was Lomachenko Linares? That was this year. Yes. Yeah, May twenty. Okay, I was okay. I was gonna feel really dumb. <laughs> Definitely, right. I had that as an uh, as an honorable mention. Um, my winner of performance of the year, I gave her this award because I just I would feel so wrong if I went through this whole award show, and she had not won some category. Uh, it, I just would have not felt good about myself. So my performance of the year is going to Amanda Nunes versus Chris Cyborg. Um. Because I don't know any other people in history who brawled with Chris Cyborg and lived to tell about it. Um, not only did she live to tell about it, like she won. <laughs> and this is the only fight this year that I watched and I, I literally yelled at the TV. Like, I, I lost my voice for like five minutes after the fight was over. Like, I, I couldn't believe what I just saw. Um, I, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. That was just like a historic moment. Um... <clears throat> I'll never forget, like, where I was. I'm glad I was around other people watching that fight. And, like, the whole room just exploded when Cyborg face put it. Um, so, yeah, my, my performance of the year is going to Amanda Nunes against Chris Cyborg. Joe, you can go next. All right. Uh, I should start with a few honorable mentions, I guess. Uh, Tony Ferguson against Anthony Pettis, for obvious reasons. Uh, and I know I'm a bit of a Ferguson guy. But I think that the story with that fight is uh, is tremendous. Um, Khabib Nurmagomedov against Al Iaquinta. And I guess with performance of the year, I kind of took it beyond just how good did you fight, but like what you were fighting. And Khabib Nurmagomedov went through like five different opponents that week. And to still go out there and do what you do against a really quality lightweight, uh, I took my hat off to him. Israel Adesanya against Derek Brunson, say no more, so to speak. Uh, but my top three were Tyron Woodley against Darren Till. That was my number three option. Uh, Till may have his flaws, but he's a big, strong, welterweight, undefeated, hit really hard, and Woodley just shut him down. Did what he did, really, neutralized him, and then finished him. I have a ton of respect for that. And I'm not the biggest Woodley guy, so that means a lot. Uh, Tatiana Suarez against Carla Sparza. Um, I don't think there's ever been a women's fight beatdown as violent and brutal as that one. Uh, Suarez... I go back and forth about what Suarez's upside as a star is, but that was a star-making performance. That was a great fight. And my number one, this guy's going to pop up, this guy's already popped up a few times, Yair Rodriguez against the Korean Zombie. Uh, and I cool ran through it pretty well. 11 days notice. He had previously been cut from the UFC. He had to basically beg Sean Shelby to talk to Dana White to kind of start conversating again about coming back to the UFC. He had offers to go elsewhere came back to the UFC, they worked that out, took that fight on 11 days' notice. Another part of that fight that I think doesn't get remembered in the entire narrative was he hurt his foot like a minute into the fight. So he basically fought that fight on one leg. So much so, in fact, that after the fight, they had to basically like carry him out of the octagon. So you take all those factors in, you consider the fact that it was a great fight, you consider the fact that it was at altitude, that it was, again, it was on short notice against a guy who's ridiculous. Um... And then the knockout, last second, Hail Mary kind of finish. 
Yair Rodriguez had my performance of the year. That's a that's just yeah. I don't know why I didn't think of that one to add to my short list, but that, that's actually a really good one. Yeah, just because of the circumstances, not not just because, but including the circumstances around it. Um. So I so like I I think I look at performance of the year a little differently, like. And I've had uh, this is actually the one I've had the hardest time defining, um, because I'm just like there there are like so many circumstances inside the cage and outside the cage and like just looking at it like what our preconceived notions of what fighters are good at are. So like, um, for example, like John Jones versus uh, Alexander Gustafson too, is on my is that one of my honorable mentions. Um, like, but the the only like one of the reasons I like is is one like Joe, you pointed this out in your write up the week before. Like Gus is really hit or miss, and he hadn't fought in over a year by the time the title fight was actually made. Um, he didn't look like he was in the and he didn't look like he was in the greatest shape. Yeah, like, he, he, that was something that I noticed really quickly. Like, just to back that up. He had, like, a tire. Yeah. So, like... I don't I mean, mean that disrespectfully. He just, he was punchy. He was punchy. Yeah. yeah. But, like, see, seeing the growth of John Jones from, like, that first Gus fight to this fight, like, it's never been more evident, like... And... Like, I, like that. those are reasons why I didn't end up picking Jones as, like, the, you know, perform, perform, uh, performance of the year, but... Like, it's a t- it's the type of fight that shows you John Jones is like might be the smartest fighter in the UFC because he went back and just fixed all the problems he had, or found a way to hide them better. And it's one of those performances that just show you like, okay, this man is just so much so far ahead of the like the meta game of what's going on in MMA right now. It's just ridiculous. Um, another honorable mention I had Khabib Nurmagomedov over Conor McGregor. Um, in, like why I chose this in, in particular, um, besides him actually going on the feet with McGregor and beating him there, or at least you know knocking him down, um, him forcing his game plan, and onto McGregor. And one of the things we like, and the um. McGregor's never actually been like dominated in a fight throughout his entire career. He like he, he loses fights like in the moment. Like the Nate Diaz fight, he did not lose from bell to submission. He lost from like basically from the time that Nate started landing jabs in like the second round and, and he got panicked and you know shot a double leg. We we don't see McGregor just like lose whole parts of fights. The way he did in this one, uh, where he arguably didn't win a round, like he, I think he won like the third round, the judges scorecard or something. But um, Khabib just completely shutting down McGregor's offense, like making him look silly in spots, like, and, and then you know getting the finish in the fourth round after dragging, like letting him go into his area of expertise, and. 
surviving, not even surviving, just competing with him there. Uh, like that, that, that deserves an honorable mention. The reason I didn't give it to him ultimately is because um, McGregor had fought in like two years. Like, and I'm not counting that Floyd fight. Um, and like, he was the he was the lightweight champion, but at the same time, like, he's pretty untested. I like, wait, like Eddie Alvarez is a dude who, since he got to the UFC, I've been saying should probably be fighting at like featherweight. He is like by UFC standards, he was a really small lightweight and a stylistic um, I don't want to say layup, but like the McGregor's whole style is built to be dudes like Alvarez. So, um. So I, I found him like a, a, a bit untested at lightweight. Um, so I like I found it hard to get Khabib like the performance of the year edge there. So I ended up going with Max Holloway over Ortega. Um, just narratively, like Max Holloway just had the hardest time staying healthy. Um, he apparently got drugged, in, in, like before his last like uh scheduled appearance against Ortega. Um. He shows up in New York on like a, a week's notice just to try to get a fight with Khabib Nurmagomedov and ends up falling through. And then he comes out and puts on the best performance of his career. Like how, how like how can you bet against that? Like it's just amazing all the way around. Against a guy who's undefeated, um, young, and just like has the heart of a lion. Ace Frankie Edgar, tremendous finisher, yeah. I could see that. I think that's actually totally. It's a really good one. Yeah, you will. You will get no arguments from me. Got uh, real somber. Like, like Ortega died after the fight or something. Like, we, I mean, <laughs> it just felt quiet. Oh. Like we were all just remembering him. Like, we were just <laughs> a part of me died after that fight. Like, I, like you, like you rarely feel bad for a guy who goes out there and like lays on the line like that. And see, I got a completely different take on that, but we're gonna get to that later. Yeah. Don't you dare diss Ortega on this podcast. <laughs> well, my point being, like, you're more elated for the other guy, but after the fight, I was just worried for Brian Ortega. Oh, no, no, no. Anarchal is absolutely right in that regard. Like, that is not, I don't know. There are two ways to look at that, and I think he's looking at it the fairer way. So, so like, I picked Max Holloway because all the things going on, I undefeated opponent in front of him with, like, I guess there was a rubric to beat him because, or a game, or a path to beat him, because to this day, I'm 100% sure Brian Ortega has never won a round in the UFC on a judge's scorecard. <laughs> I but, think he won the third in that fight, didn't he? Or am I not remembering correctly? No, the judges had him down 4 1. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what, what I had him, but I. Well, okay, in that third, I had him losing the third round, but everybody else was yelling at me that he should have won it, so. I think it's because he, it's like one of those things when you start doing good, people just like over. I mean, he definitely uh, hurt Holloway. Yeah, yeah, he, did, yeah. Holloway he stunned him. Like, a... It's a minor inconvenience. It, yeah, but like the, by the back end of the round, Holloway was hacking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you'll get no argument from me, though. That That was. That was a jaw-dropping performance too. Like that—that that was one of those. Like my soul hurt for Ortega, but I was looking at Max like, oh, he really is as good as people say he is. We just, like, just went out there and pitched the perfect game. Like, 
Yeah, he 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 that dude. He's he's on another level. He's one of those guys I look at him like he's different. He's he's different. Um. So yeah, those are our uh, performances of the year. Oh my God, this next category. I'm still like flipping my answer right now. Which is <laughs> so I'm gonna have fighter of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Ne- next next category, man. Uh, fighter fighter of the year. Um, three. Now that we're opening this, it up to other sports. I have yeah, three this, as this well, but hard. I didn't open it up to another sport. This this was hard. This was really, really, really hard yeah, for me. Yeah, I um, agree. And I think it was hard because nobody really had a dominant... Like, everybody fought, like, twice tops. So it was hard to really find some guys who... And gals, of course, who had years where you're just like, you know what, that was the... Like, they're on another level. Because, like, really, if you think about the big fights, not many people had big fights over and over. So it was a difficult year for me. Uh, you know, I think I'm. Uh, it, it really hurts me to do this. I think I'm gonna switch this out too. Um, it just hey, it's a uh, podcast. It Make up pain. the rules as you go along, pal. It, it pains me to do. Technically, this. though, if you don't say it out loud, we don't know. It, do right? You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You guys don't know. You don't see my sticky note. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm gonna have to switch mine out. It really. Oh, it hurts my soul to do this. Um, you can pick so my honorable mention. <laughs> he would deserve a good, even though it was only no. He fought twice in 2018, didn't he? Oh. Or three times. I'm pretty Tyson sure he Fury. had the fight that when I was on the podcast where you were enamored with him watching the fight in the crowd. While yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that was the. Yeah, he fought like two times. Yeah, year, two or three times. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he'd be a, he'd be a can. I'll throw him in there as an honorable mention. He wasn't on my list, but whatever. He's an honorable mention. Tyson Fury. Um, my other honorable mentions were uh, Daniel Cormier. Wow. Uh, Alima McFarland. And oh my God, this is gonna hurt me. This hurts my soul. I don't want to do it to him. But Tiago Santos is an honorable mention. I wanted to give him Fighter of the Year so bad. <laughs> don't feel bad. <laughs> don't feel bad. <laughs> You got. I wanted to give him fighter of the year so bad, and I, if it wasn't for the fact that the goat Dave Branch did knock him out, he would have got it. He definitely would have got it. Like he would have got it just off of principle that like he he made he he bought so much fun back in the two hundred five. I mean, it's just him, but you know, any fight that he's involved in at two hundred five is just chaos. You know. Yeah, it just, he made that division. I started looking, well, I can't say I look forward to that division because it's just him. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> just like he, we, we've been making fun of 205 and probably will continue to make fun of 205 for years to come. But, like, when he's involved in the 205 fight, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have to watch now. Like, he's been nothing but, if there was, like, an all-violence team in the UFC, he's, like, number one. Um, he's fought, what, five times this year? Uh, he went four and one with the only loss coming to Dave Branch. I wanted to give it to him so bad, um, but I'm gonna give my fighter of the year to Israel Adesanya. Ooh, um, interesting. He went one, two, three, four and zero oh in the UFC. Coming over from kickboxing, even though he had been fighting in MMA, but like we don't see, we've seen other kickboxers, you know. Coming to the UFC, a la we mentioned Gokan Saki earlier, who life didn't go well for him his last fight. But 
I think with just like every performance he had, he got better and better. And like I, I feel like you can't as much as like I wanted him to do good, like I was one of those guys that like after I think it was the Vittori fight, that when they leaped him from Vittori to Brad Tavares, I was like, Whoa, we might need to pump the brakes here, like the guy's good, but you know, this might be, you know, we might be doing too much. Nope, we're not doing too much. He he did just fine. And then we all saw what he did to Derek Brunson. Like, I think he came in for me and just, like, exceeded. Like, I knew he was good, but when guys come over from other sports, and like I said, albeit he, it's not like MMA was foreign to him, but, I mean, I'm not sure of these guys who he was fighting. No disrespect to him, but who, who is... Who is uh... Melvin Gard. <laughs> in 2017, yeah. Who was Melvin Gillard in 2017? Uh, he fought Batman. Like... Tyson Fury? <laughs> Bra- Brazilian Batman whose real name escapes me oh man doesn't sound like but, Tyson Fury to me he's also a 155er yeah, though so nah, go man. figure but like I just think he undefeated this year his competition steadily I think just got better with every fight and I mean if we're being honest albeit like yeah Rob Wilkinson and Vittori aren't like world beaters but, like, on paper, style-wise, these were fights that he could have lost. Like, Vittori could have easily been a fight where, like, maybe he lands, like, a good two-piece to start the round then gets taken down, grinded out, you know, for, like, a decision loss. And now we're looking at him in the prospect kind of funny now because, like, oh, we, he had all this hype. Like, I think these were fights that weren't, like, these weren't tailor-made for him, in my opinion. Like, these were fights that I think any other, like, elite-level kickboxing prospect could have lost. Like, you could have just gotten taken down, and this conversation could have went completely different. And most of these guys, for the most part, he, he shut down. Like, he, he yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say. For me, he just ex- he exceeded what I thought he was going to do. I didn't think he would shoot to the top so quick. Um, but, I mean, after you, like I said, after the Tavares fight, after you beat Tavares, you can't, you can't go back to fighting the, you know, Vittorias and Wilkinsons of the world. You kind of just have to move forward from that. And he went on to Brunson, and he, he styled on him. And oh, now he's about to fight Anderson Silva. I don't know how I feel about that, but <laughs> that's that. We haven't gotten there yet. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I, I think he's had an incredible year. Um, albeit, you know, he's not in any major title fights. But I just think it's like a new face in the UFC he's been in fights that he could have easily slipped up in and like I said like some of these fights could have went the other way and we we could be looking at him kind of funny right now but he's exceeded every expectation and when the competition got tougher he got better um so off of that I'll, I'll give him uh he he was my fighter of the year Yeah, you can go. Uh, all right. So, fighter of the year, as I said previously, was hard for me because I I normally like to see guys who are really active. I think your activity level plus your competition level should always kind of equal obvious fighter of the year candidates. This year, most guys did not fight that often. Most guys and gals uh, did not fight that often. My honorable mentions kind of relate that Amanda Nunes only fought twice, but Cyborg was such a big win. And I probably would have put her in my top three or, or close to the top if the Rocky Pennington fight wasn't the worst fight I've ever seen in all time all my life. 
Um, sorry, jokingly, but it was a bad fight. Kamaru Usman went 3-0 this year. The problem is that Emil Mech, not really that great. Um, <clears throat> Damian Meyer was coming off two straight losses. RDA was coming off a loss. So even those performances were dominant, I couldn't put him in my top three. I did have Thiago Santos in my top three. I do not regret it. <laughs> Four and one this year. Finished every win he had. Uh, violence galore. Oh, no, he didn't finish every win he had, but he pretty much probably could have finished Holland if he wanted to. Violence galore. Uh, a man of all people. Just a tremendous human being. I, I, I will not allow anybody to talk bad about Thiago Santos. He's in my top three. Number two is Dustin Poirier. The Justin Gaethje win. And the Eddie Alvarez win, and had mm, he fought, ah, that's a good and choice. had he fought Nate Diaz and won, he would have absolutely been my fighter of the year. My number one choice, though, again, how often you fight plus your quality of competition. Daniel Cormier uh, started the year with a win over Volkan Uzdemir, defended his title or rewon his title. Took on Stipe Miocic, who, to be completely honest, has a justifiable argument for top heavyweight of all time. Finished him. Then the Derek Lewis performance is probably the weirdest one and the most impressive one because he took the Lewis fight while hurt, had a bad hand. Uh, we all know about chaos with UFC top fights, how things tend to fall apart. This was a fight that Cormier could have lost just on the basis of the fact that it's a fight the UFC truly thought he could win. Like, Derek Lewis is a heavy hitter. And it's short notice where anything can happen, and neither guy is going to have a great gas tank because of the fact that it's on, like, two weeks' notice. And he just dominated Derek Lewis and finished him. Uh, Cormier is my fighter of the year in a very weird class. I would have put Khabib in there as well, but A, I forgot about him, and I'm honest enough to admit that I forgot about him. And B, I feel like everything about that UFC 228 khabib Connor deal was so toxic, or 229 deal, was so toxic in nature that I kind of almost want to forget that both guys fought that year. So uh, that's my – Daniel Cormier is my guy, but it's not the strongest fighter of the year class ever. So, Anacol, what do you got? Um, I'm going to go with honorable mentions because I got three fighters at the top, and I, I'm, I'm going to rank them. But first, honorable mentions, Khabib, I know you uh, just uh, – uh, like – it, it's just weird now that that Quinto win in hindsight, but it turns out it was actually a really good win. Yeah. Um, you know, Connor still coming off for two years. Um, just I don't know, just some, some like you said, like it just felt weird putting him as fire of the year after everything that's gone on or uh, regarding like stuff that's happened in and outside the cage. So, um. Some stuff beyond his control, some stuff completely within his control. Um, Dustin Poirier, he, he was on my short list of guys I was considering. Uh, Jessica Andrade, uh, who beat Tisha Torres and Carolina Kovacavich this year. Um, That's a good choice. Um, I had uh, Thiago Santos on my short list, uh, like you guys. And I also had Kyoji Horiguchi, who, you know, tremendous year. Um, as well, like fought three times this year in MMA. He also fought in kickboxing a lot, but no, don't count. Kickboxing is not real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, be, <laughs> there goes my fight of the yeah, year. Yeah, fight of the year. That's what you get. That's what you get for changing the rules to give yourself a fight of the year. I mean, if you can pick 
if you can change the fight of the year, I can change what's real and what's fake. <laughs> That's how it goes. Um, so, I killed Joe Horiguchi on my short list, but top three, um, if I had to rank them in some type of order, at number two would be Amanda Nunes. Just for knocking out Chris Cyborg and probably like most other years, that's just enough to be fighter of the year. But Daniel Cormier, just tremendous year, was active, beat arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time, at least the greatest UFC heavyweight champion of all time. Um, be a young. I'm, I'm not sure if game's the right word for Vulcan Olsdemir, but be the young contender who... Well, game, had, game worked because he was obviously willing to fight. Like that, He was game, he just wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah, sad. But be, be, be Vulcan, more, most importantly, after that soul-crushing loss and just chaos and stupidity that came after that John, like to John Jones the previous year... Like, to bounce back from that and then beat Uzdemir. That shows a little bit of a test of character for him. Um, and then being Derek Lewis on short notice after he steezed so hard that he threw off his back that, that same point. <laughs> which, is, which is like a big old man injury. So yeah. that's really impressive that he overcame age once again. Yeah. But um, he ties for my number one because I, I couldn't pick between the two. The other, the other dude is Alexander Usyk, cruiserweight boxing champion. Um, won the World Boxing Super Series tournament featuring the like top eight cruiserweights on the planet. Um, he beat um, what was it Maris uh, Bradis and Murat Gassiev to do it, and then he goes out and beats Tony Bellew to unify all the um, cruiserweight titles. So, just tremendous, tremendous year. Sets himself up for a big run at heavyweight if that's what he wants. Um, just like I'm looking forward to that, and it's just it'd be nice if some of these other guys in boxing were this active. Like I think the only other like and this active and fought the top competition, I guess, because like Terence Crawford had was active this year, but like he he fought Benavidez, who was coming back after being shot in the leg. And like like Benavides, who wasn't even like a top ten fighter when he left at welterweight, so um yeah, so it, it it would be hard for me to give Canelo anything because yeah, he beat Glovkin, and I'm not one of those people who's mad at the decision, but like his next big win is like Rocky Fielding. His only other win is Rocky Fielding, so. <laughs> So that's all I got. So top fighter of the year tied between Daniel Cormier and Alexander Usyk. There you have it. <clears throat> I feel like I'm gonna get the most slack out of these picks. I mean, but it's, it's, it's your one. picks. It's... See, but here's the thing: like every pick is at least like you're not just throwing names out there. Like you're explaining why. Even the picks where I'm like, <clears throat> I'm not a hundred percent sold on your. Uh... Like, we're, we're going to talk about Israel Adesanya in a bit. But, like, even that pick, you have logic and reason behind, so I don't understand why they would get mad. Yeah, unless you're just okay. one of those dudes who wants to be mad. I have plenty of those. 
<laughs> Someone's going to well, be yeah. mad that I didn't pick Conor McGregor for fight of the year. No, I could see people being mad because Khabib wasn't picked. But, like, yeah. I think our reasoning for Khabib not being the fighter of the year is fair. Actually, real quick, before I forget, I wanted to piggyback and double back. I don't know if you guys mentioned this for performance of the year. I got to throw this in as an honorable mention. Um, Ally Quinta against Kevin Lee. Did not, but that's a good one, too. Yeah, because that was a performance that, like, I just didn't really see coming. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. And when it happened, I was like, oh, I was completely wrong about this fight. A, a thousand percent wrong about how that fight was going to go. So I, I got to go back and give him a, a shout out. Um, all right. So those are uh, some of the more serious categories. Now, now on to uh, one that's a little, oh, I, I can't really say lighthearted, but... Uh, this this next category is called the Don't Do That Award, ah, okay. and this will go to um, th- th- this award is basically something that we don't really want to see in MMA or just combat sports in general in uh 2019. I couldn't spend a lot of time thinking about this because if I did, I'd have to cancel the entire sport. <laughs> and I don't want to. <laughs> and I don't want to do that because I, I need something to record and talk about. So, I can't cancel everything. Um, so, I'm going to say... I, I'm, let me preface this also by saying I'm hypocritical with this award because if it happens, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I shouldn't watch it, but I'm going to watch it. <laughs> but in, in 2019, man, can we leave the old guys alone? Like, can we not put old guys against other old guys who are, like, near death? Can we just, like, not make that a thing? You know what I almost put for the Don't Do That Award? I almost put all of just Golden Boy MMA as the Don't Do That Award. But I felt like that wouldn't be fair to people on the undercard because they didn't have anything to do with it. But, I mean, that um, wouldn't be fair because BJ Penn fought, like, a month later. <laughs> right. <laughs> but can we... I know it's not going to happen. This is wishful thinking. I just wish MMA was just kind of, like, the NFL and NBA are kind of rude with this, but I get it. Like, I feel like in other sports, when you're old, they force you out by just not picking up the phone anymore when you call. Um, you know, you start, you know, you're a free agent and you think you're hot on the streets. You, th- you think you're still, uh, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. Monday goes by, phone doesn't ring. Tuesday goes by, phone doesn't ring. You know, by Thursday, your phone has cobwebs. Um, <laughs> Phone's cut off. You can't <laughs> yeah. pay it. <laughs> yeah, you just didn't pay the bill. Your agent left. You know, if that's what it takes in MMA to not have, like, another Chuck and Tito incident, uh, you know, that's, you know, don't stop. Just no more old guys versus old guys. I just, we we don't need to see this anymore. Like, we just we just don't. No Nobody needs to sit through that ever again. And I don't mean it just for them two in particular. Just, if there's an old guy that's over the hill, don't make him fight another old guy that's over make the hill. Make him fight a young guy. <laughs> just don't make him fight. Like, this, this don't, when he calls your phone, don't pick up. Or pick up and tell him no. <laughs> like, <laughs> tell him stop. Tell him to go sit down with his family. If he doesn't have a family, tell him to go start one. <laughs> like, just, just say no. it doesn't work. Just, Chuck Liddell's a 50-year-old man still trying to find himself. Like, Well, that's, yeah, he needs to go on like some kind painful. of... Go go on some, like, spiritual journey or something. Don't fight. You're not going to find yourself 
getting knocked out in the cage. That's, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, of that tunnel, is a train. Don't don't go there. Anymore. I mean, this is on the fans, man. This is on the people. Yeah. This is on the people who, the, the people who made, Go- who gave Golden Boy a three quarters of a million dollar live gate. So yeah, that that that's my don't do that award. I just I don't want to see old people fight other old people. I hate to no, give, nobody wins. I, I, yeah, I, I hate to give Triple H credit for anything, but he had a great line where he said, and I quote, "You know, you might want to see Babe Ruth take an ad bat, but you probably don't want to see Babe Ruth play a whole game." And <laughs> MMA is very much like that, where you might want to see Chuck Liddell in the stands and like get the big pop, but something's wrong with you if you want to see him fight. Even Tito was just like a, a step too far, because Tito was competitive with a legitimate light heavyweight like a year ago. Right. We, Tito we, Ortiz is still a good fighter. Yeah, I mean, like memes aside, for two oh five, he's competent. Like uh, Chuck Liddell hasn't been competent or coherent in like ten years. Jesus. And even his last four fights, which I vividly remember, because I watched all of them, <laughs> he wasn't coherent then. And that doesn't, you know, yeah. That, yeah, it, like, again, I just yeah. want to casually remind everybody who paid for that event. Chuck Liddell was originally not going to retire. He wanted to take a year off to let his brain heal. That is retirement. That's when the UFC said, you just can't do this anymore. Like, he, he said, and I quote, I want my brain to rest. Like, you, from what? You don't, that does, like, that doesn't happen. Now we're going to be depressed. This is a depressing podcast. I mean, this is called the Don't Do That <laughs> Award for a reason. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. Thanks. Who came up with this one? This is me. <laughs> I mean, we haven't even gotten to hey, the disappointment of the year yet. Like, oh, yeah. This, yeah. <laughs> Boy, was that fun to research. Did I do Disappointment of the Year? I don't even know if I did that one. Oh, oh no, man. I did. Okay, You'll good. Think so. Okay, I got it. I mean, it was a good study. Uh, uh, I don't know about you guys, but if we, if, if I could do Don't Do That, uh, uh, like, if... We could take a whole podcast, just, like... Yeah. Like a four-hour <laughs> one of just Don't Do That. Yeah. Stop award. your shit. Like, it should please be called Stop, Stop Your Shit Award. Yeah. <laughs> like from bad tattoos to just questionable promotional decisions to you know don't throw a fucking hand truck through a bus <laughs> a moving freaking bus like uh, we have a plethora of things to choose from um uh, I, I think I'm gonna settle on the UFC 232 debacle just, just don't. Like, I don't even have anything to say after that. Like, the day it happened, I was just so exhausted. Just, just don't do it, please. Like, work around yeah, I it. I wasn't on there for that one, but I didn't know the story had happened until I got a message from you saying, we're doing a emergency podcast. And my first thought was, <laughs> my first thought was, who died? And then... I was like, what happened? And as I started to do a little bit more research, I was like, I was sick and I had just gotten back from traveling. And I was like, I'm not going to be on this one, but like, just 
good lord. And you were like, don't read until Wednesday. You're giving me time to... <laughs> well, I was just like, dude, just enjoy Christmas. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Because <laughs> I told him to tell you that. Like, don't ruin your holiday with this. Just... I, yeah, but I was like, afterwards, I was like, because we discussed it. And I was just like, I'm not going to let this ruin Christmas for me. I'm going to forget this ever happened. <laughs> and then they just talked about it constantly on the show. So I was like, well, great. Guess I won't be able to do that. Now will I? I mean, that was what the whole show was about. Basically. <clears throat> but yeah, don't, don't, no, don't, please don't do that again in 2019 or 2020 or ever again. It just makes you look stupid. For the few of us that actually care, I guess. That's <laughs> uh, two decent folk. <laughs> How many losses do you think Usada gets next year? Or this year? Usada? Usada. I don't know. They just re upped with the UFC. Yep. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was, that, that should have got an award too. Not only did they re they re up, I think they re upped for more money because they're going to do more testing, which would you would assume would mean more money. Whack. That should have been. This is what I said. But this is what I no. Well, first off, you you can't not don't do that because we were just talking about Kimbo Slice like off the podcast. So you got to have some kind of drug testing, but like yeah, it can't be them though. It can be somebody else. But it's there's no one else. <laughs> There's no one else. It's, it's got to be some, no some independent like, lab out there or something. Anna Cole and I were talking about Vada, like, when the UFC was, like, when USADA did the John Jones original, like, short sentence where he was, like, off in, like, October. But we were talking about, like, Vada was in trouble, like, that week. Yeah. yeah. Some kind of Russian doping scandal, wasn't it? Something like <laughs> that. Like... No, it's like, there's really nowhere else to go. Uh, so. I, I still can't get over that. What, what organization was it that got in trouble because of the guy's freaking autobiographical bicycling documentary? <laughs> I can't remember now. <laughs> dude, starts a, dude starts a thing about, like, uh, I, I don't remember, like, what his condition was or if he was just, like, overweight. And he's just like, I'm going to lose weight through cycling and it's going to be really inspirational when I make my documentary. And then, like, halfway through, it just switches up and it's just about, like, the Russian, like, the, the Russians supplying their athletes with drugs and using, like, this weird method of just, like, there's, like, a fall safe in the safe where they keep all the urine samples and they replace them at night so that nobody knows. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck is happening here? Jesus Real life is stranger than fiction. Sometimes, what... huh? So, Joey, Joey what's your... Uh... Yeah, your award. So I didn't. I forgot to write this one down. So, uh, but but those two were the top two ones at least that I would have thought about. But my number one one is, can in 2019, can we never ever ever have another Khabib Connor situation from start to finish? Can we never have another feud that's basically like a geopolitical war? Uh, can we never have a, a a situation that brings innocent people into it who wind up getting hurt? Uh, physically, like Michael Chiesa and Ray Borg, <clears throat> or get hurt from the standpoint of, you know, uh, I don't know Ali Abdelaziz's family situation. I know there are other people who have reported on it, but, like, if he has a son, I doubt he'd want his son to be shouted out by Conor McGregor out of nowhere in the middle of a fucking press conference. Can we never have another situation like that? 
Can we ever have another situation where Vladimir Putin is like a physical figure in like a the weird like he took a picture with Connor at the World Cup and not Khabib, so it was a big deal. Like, can we just never have any of that ever happen again? Can we never have the fight was actually good, so I'm not gonna complain about the fight, but like weird pressers about who's who speaks what language and, and who's really Russian and who's really Irish and just all of that situation was bad. And then after the fight, can we never have a situation where a guy is hit by some random dude in the cage after the fight, after his opponent has done a new jack dive off the top of the cage <laughs> into a field event, have a fist fight with another dude? Um, can we never have a rivalry that feels like religious, like just so many heavy religious and just deep overtones that brought out the worst in a lot of people? combat sports is always going to have very, very, very touchy-feely kind of give-or-take pressers or just hype reels where it's kind of like a lot of bad taste, but you let it go because it's combat sports. But everything about 228 crossed the line in so many different ways. And I just never want to have that ever again. I don't ever want to have to live that ever again. Because thankfully it never extended beyond this, but we're talking about we were talking about two guys who have you know, the Dagestan crew, the Dagestani crew does not play. And Conor McGregor's, you know, his situation in Ireland, you never know. Like, there were rumors about some kind of, like, mob ties. Like, you guys were, you guys were all over that during the 228 podcast. But just, let's never have that feud again. Let's never have another feud like that again. I see no interest in that. I know that it made a lot of money. But Conor and Khabib, there are so many other ways to approach that where the ramifications over the long term were not as horrendous uh so just let's never do that again let's have if you want to have rivalries you want to have a dc jones you know connor was able to make a lot of money with other guys with lesser less overtone e kind of rivalries uh our sport should be able to make a lot of money without being that that dangerous because let's be fair that's a dangerous situation and <clears throat> it only takes one loose cannon with ties to one side of these parties for things to kind of spiral out of control. You know what I mean? So thankfully it hasn't gotten any worse since then. So uh, just let's never do that again. And one last thing to bring up to, to, to kind of pile on to sensei's point is let's never, let's give up the ghost. Let's let old guys retire. We don't need them anymore, so to speak. We don't need to use them in fights. But let's also not, like, let's let go of the GSP dream. Let's go of the Diaz brothers' dreams. They're never going to fight again. GSP is never going to fight again. Just, if they're retired, let them be retired, and let's move forward with this bright young crop of fighters who we should be giving our full attention to uh, going forward. So that's just my feeling on it, because... It's not just the old guys, but the guys who clearly don't want to fight anymore. GSP doesn't want to fight anymore. The Diaz brothers, they probably don't want to fight anymore. Let's let them go. Let's let them be. Nick Diaz is out here making, like, five figures just showing up at clubs and smoking <laughs> weed. Like, he does not need yeah. fighting. <laughs> yeah, he does not look like a dude. Why, why do I see him in a new video, like, every other day, but I don't know what he's doing? Because <laughs> he's, he's only... <laughs> dude, all he does is, like, Instagram story. Like, his Insta, like, just update his Instagram story of him going to different clubs and getting paid to do it. Like, Right. So he, it's like, yeah, it's just let these guys be. We don't need to talk about them. They're not fighting anymore, you know? Let the dudes do their business. And you can kind of add Brock to that mix, too, if you want. But just let guys, let them go away. Let them live their lives without MMA. Yeah. There we go. So those are your uh, 
They don't do that awards in 2019. Well, with the way MMA works, they're they're, they're probably going <laughs> to. That's not to say the whole board is a don't do that. Yeah, we we tried. To I mean, Dana <laughs> already said that they're going to do Khabib McGregor too in 2019. Dude, yeah, like what? Did, don't do that. You didn't. Nobody's learning. Not only that, but apparently they're doing Lobov against uh, Tuhogov in Russia in April. Apparently, that that sounds that sounds like it's going to freaking just end the card. You're just going to have people just jumping in the cage. Yeah, like fights. that might have to be the that might have to be the main event so you, we can have a card. Like <laughs> it's like in Memphis when they would tell the guys like because because Memphis crowds were notorious rioters during wrestling, so like after the main event ended, they would have like the cops like legitimate cops at the ringside area to snag the heel so they could run to the back to get out of the way of all like the bottles and shit. So they're gonna have to pull that off if Artem wins. Like, they're gonna need to send this guy with some security. He's gonna have to hide under the cage. There's gonna be some serious shit. I don't remember who it was, but I remember like um, I, I think I heard this on like the Laps fan, where they were talking about some re- like wrestlers, like heel wrestlers. Um, no, who it was it, it? It was guys who were working with Bruno San Martino. Oh, oh, the Blackjack Mulligan story. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's this one specifically. Oh, we're about to get a wrestling story. Uh, it, 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 it was it was basic stories like okay, they really love Bruno San Martino. So like anytime a heel would get over like, get over on Bruno, like they had to make they had to hire like a fake taxi to drive away. Well, did you? Uh, well, I guess if you'll allow me to tell a wrestling story, please. Uh, Blackjack Mulligan, father like the patriarch of the Wyndham family, uh, Barry Wyndham, Barry, Bray Wyatt. We're gonna go through all of them. Uh, Blackjack Mulligan. Actually, no, I don't know. Yeah, Blackjack Mulligan. Okay. So Blackjack Mulligan worked with Bruno San Martino, and the rivalry got so, or was it Bruno or Pedro Morales? Either way, listen, Blackjack Mulligan was working the main event in Madison Square Garden, and he got stabbed, like, in the ring, and Gorilla Monsoon, I guess, was, Gorilla Monsoon is, like, blind without his glasses, so he didn't realize what was happening. So Mulligan lets him know that he's getting stabbed in, like, the thigh. So they get the guy out of there. And Mulligan, like, had been stabbed so many times before that he never, like, just whatever, read, didn't even register with him. And it wound up getting infected because it had been soaked in urine, the knife. Ooh. So he wound up getting, and that apparently, that incident, I believe it was with Pedro Morales, because that incident led to Bob Backlund. Because Vince McMahon was so worried about somebody legitimately dying that they had to change it to a champion who didn't have the the ethnic background because... Bruno San Martino was Italian and Pedro Morales was Puerto Rican and they were so worried about like the ethnic champions causing a death that they wound up going with like the all-American Bob Backlund. <laughs> There's Boring. your story. There's, Boring ass Bob Backlund. Listen, don't, I don't want to hear any hate on Bob Backlund right now, okay? <laughs> I, mean, I, I, just, I just know him as the crazy guy who showed up in the 90s and just started screaming at people. Like, that's my dude. That, that's probably <laughs> when he was his best. <laughs> Everybody was mad in the nineties. <laughs> but I'm saying like so we're talking about like that could this could be one of those situations because Khabib is like the Khabib crew doesn't care. Khabib is set for life. Not only that, but like Tuhogov punched Conor McGregor, right? Mm-hmm. And you would have been like, Alright, you did something really shitty. He'd probably hide out for a little bit. And he did like a Facebook video bragging about it. The next day, so it's like, yeah, so it's like they don't care. They, they'll jump 
Lobov and beat the, like, and I know, and, uh, like some of the other dudes are just like, that's how Russian MMA cards are. I think Ben Askren said that's what like wrestling cards in Russia are like. So, oh, dude, like Jordan Burroughs tells a story like he was over in Russia for a competition. Dude, dude, just punched him in the face in the middle of a match. Oh man, Dan Severn. Dan Severn talks about like he went to a wrestling tournament against a Russian dude, and they were beating the Russian dude with a stick in between the fights to get him. <laughs> and he apparently like broke Dan Severn's jaw halfway through the fight, halfway through the wrestling match. Like, like so, if the UFC thinks that their like security dudes are good enough to handle this shit, like, yeah, like for real. That's another thing. Don't do that award. Stop hiring eighty-year-old security guards. <laughs> <laughs> who's just like looking at the cage <laughs> they have to hire those because the young guys know what's on the line they have lives to live they're not you know <laughs> I'm not 20 I'm not 25 taking you know the you know I'm not Khabib's luchadoring over the cage and this old guy is just like has no clue what he's supposed to be doing at that point and then like I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's looking at the cage but Conor McGregor's getting jumped, and he's not doing anything about it. So it's like... <laughs> At that like, point, you just give up. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have pulled the Brandon Halsey and just, like, started holding my back. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> just, just take uh, me. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> moving on. We got off on a side tangent. Um, next category... Uh, breakout fighter of the year. Um, I had an honorable mention, and then I saw somebody make a good point, and I erased the honorable mention. Um, but it wasn't like a disrespectful thing. Uh, my original honorable honorable mention was Alima Lay McFarlane, and then somebody had pointed out, um, like she's been champ for a little bit now. I was like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, what does that really mean in Bellator? And I'm not saying that because she's just on my list or yeah. anything. I'm just saying in general. Yeah. But she, I think the point is like she's she's been handling business for not 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 like a long time, but like she's been changed. So I, but again, yeah. what does that mean? I no, will explain I mean. why she. I will explain why she's <laughs> on my breakout fighter of the year list. Uh, no, yeah, like I, I, I she, she was because she was one of the first people I thought of. Who brought this up? Um, who, who made this point? I saw somebody else bring her up on Twitter. Ah, I see. And so I was, I was reading somebody else's argument, <coughs> but like I'm I had the same. Well, I'm gonna make the argument. Yeah, I had the same mindset they did. Um, I, I so I ended up not putting her, um, on my list. But actually, the the first person I thought of was who won my breakout fighter of the year, um, and that for me was Ray Cooper the third in PFL. Um, he started 2018 by murdering Jake Shields. Uh, then he went on to beat Pavel. Kush, I don't know it. Well, I probably no, butchered it. that, you but he killed it. him too. Um, then he killed Jake Shields again uh, in a match that probably didn't need to happen. And I get it, like he didn't win the tournament, you know, things didn't go his way. But I, I think he made a, uh, in terms of like people in PFL, he's probably now, I would say after this year, one of their most recognizable faces after having the year that he's had. I mean, he went 4-1, and one. unfortunately he lost the, the big one. But, like, I didn't really know who he was before this. So, you know, I, I could be wrong. Maybe there are probably people who maybe have been following him for a while. I wasn't really too familiar with him. 
So for me, it was kind of who's this guy who just came in and killed everybody. I don't know who he is, but I like him. Um, so yeah, albeit he didn't win the tournament, but I still think like assuming <laughs> PFL is a thing next year and finances don't crash and you know all that, he's gonna be one of the most recognizable faces in their tournament. And I think Antakul made this point in the the last podcast when we reviewed the card. There's a reason that that fight was the main event and not any of the other tournament finals. And I think he was a pretty big reason. Um, so Ray Cooper the third is my breakout fighter of the year. Uh, I got like three. <laughs> well, I mean, you can just make up your own, make it up as you go along. I mean, yeah, like, so my, I, I had three fighters who, in my mind, just deserved the award, and I just could not, for the life of me, get it down to, like, just one. So, um, Alexander Volkanovsky, Tatiana Suarez, and Israel Adesanya. Uh, that's who I got. Uh, Good stuff. That, like, they, they all... Yeah, I don't think anybody started the year. Well, I shouldn't say that. Um, they they start the year relatively, uh, like not unknown, but you know, they're not exactly at the top five of their divisions. And by the end of the year, they're top five fighters. Like it's really that simple. Like Volkanovski had a big year, uh, racked up three big wins over Jeremy Kennedy, Darren Elkins, and Chad Mendes, and ended up knocking Chad Mendes out. Tatiana Suarez beats another up-and-coming strawweight prospect in Alexa Grasso in, like, a round, and then proceeds to give Carla Esparza, former uh, inaugural UFC strawweight champion, just, like, the works. Didn't, like, Esparza land, like, two strikes in that entire fight or something? Ridiculous like that. It, it, it wasn't pretty. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was not. Yeah. Just like get, just gives her the complete, like just gives her the business, like, just, and yeah, you know, breaks herself into the top five at strawweight, and then Israel the Sanya goes like, was he four and zero this year? Yes, sir. Yep. Yep. It goes four and zero. Beats two guys who, maybe not as big as wins as like Chad Mendes and Carlos Barza, but like. Two really consistent top fifteen, top ten guys in Brad Tavares and Derek Brunson, who, who if you beat, you deserve to be in the top ten at middleweight. So, and he, this is from a guy who at like like two a year and a half ago was fighting Melvin Gillard, who he outweighs by like thirty pounds. So, yeah, I, I think it's all for the best. I, I think it, that's who it basically comes down to is breakthrough fighter this year. <clears throat> so my up, I have to. Yeah. All right. So I took my all honorable your picks. I took all your no, picks. You you only took one. Uh, uh. No, you took two. You took the winner, of course, because of course. <laughs> <you took> the <laughs> top. So the honorable mentions. I went with two Alexanders. I went with Alexander Hernandez. Uh, famed anti-cool punching bag who debuted and finished uh, Benil Dariush, and then he finished... Uh, oh, he didn't finish, but he beat uh, the other dude, the Canadian... OAM. Yeah, OAM. And so, if you think about it, breakthrough fighter, for me at least, it means, like, significant progress that, like, you kind of make it. 
And if you think about it, Hernandez is about to fight Donald Cerrone, and they apparently tried to get him with Justin Gaethje. So that's a breakthrough fighter of the year for me. You make your debut in uh, in March, and next January you're fighting the top guy, you know, on ESPN. So kudos to him. Alexander Volkanovsky. Everything Anna Cole said times two. Uh, the only reason I didn't have him a little higher was I kind of really didn't think much of Jeremy Kennedy, and I kind of really didn't think much of. I thought a lot of Chad Mendez, but I still feel like a lot of the Mendez questions weren't answered going into that fight. Uh, so I was, I thought it was a good fight and a good test, <coughs> and he aced it, so I have no complaints. Uh, but, but just I had a few questions. Anthony Smith is breakthrough fighter of the year for me to go from, in, or not breakthrough fighter of the year for me, but in my number three, because to go from getting finished by Tiago Santos to fighting for the light heavyweight title, like that's a breakthrough year, uh, and he earned it, you know. Quality wins over Shogun, as much as you may cringe, and, um, you know, Volkan Uzdemir. Number two, I went with Ali Malay McFarland because, to me, breakthrough again isn't just like, you, you, like yeah, she won the title, but this year she headlined an event that did pretty good numbers relative to Bellator, and she headlined in Hawaii and became, like, I think they think of her as a big star, so I don't know if she's a big star, but they think of her as one, and she's performing like a big star. So that's number two. And number one for me, Israel Adesanya. I, just the, the year he had, like, I want to go back to something Sensei said. He had a moment against Marvin Vittori in that third round where he did, like, nothing and got taken down, and it was, like, a really rough performance relative to his, uh, relative to his ability. And it's, like, since then, it's just there's never been a mistake. He hasn't had a flaw Walk through Brad Tavares over five rounds. Ice Derek Brunson in the first round. I, breakthrough performance. He, he, he's he's the guy right now. So, you know, <clears throat> Sensei made a compelling argument for him to be fighter of the year, uh, even if I wouldn't go that far. But that's my breakthrough fighter of the year, Israel Adesanya. I'm glad Luma Lee McFarlane got her mention. <laughs> I really wanted to give her an award. I probably should. Oh, have, just, but I'm glad she's at least you did. getting it. You did, and then somebody talked you out of it. So. No, yeah. I talked myself out of it. <laughs> I got in my own head <laughs> and talked myself out of it. But, uh, yeah, those are our breakthrough fighters, breakout fighters of the year. Uh, next category. This, this should be fun, because I don't think I've talked about this with either of you before uh, this podcast. Uh, best fight promotion of the year. Mm. Uh, you know what, Joey? Since you always go uh last, I'll oh well, this is a good one because I'm about to ruin it. Uh, this was a weird year. I don't think any promotion had a year that was really, really good and consistent. UFC, Bellator, PFL—they all had their moments. Um, <clears throat> to show you how serious I took the fight promotion of the year, Alaska Fighting Championship is my number three. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> clearly I, I, I was focused. No, I gave this a lot of thought. I just like no promotion had. It's not like 2016 where the UFC had one of the greatest years ever. They may have made a lot of money, but it wasn't like a banner year, I don't think. So I went off the beaten path and my prefer, uh, my promotion of the year is one. You think about it. They had some really good cars this year. Uh, they're still in business, which is a big deal if you're not the UFC or Bellator. Uh, the TV deal that they reached with Turner which is basically a deal for Bleacher Report, but they're going to be on Turner Broadcasting, which is a big deal. And just, you know, if you're going to go for it, go for it. For an organization like them to say, 
we're going to get Mighty Mouse, we're going to get Eddie Alvarez, we're going to get Sage Northcutt. They're going for it. So that was my fight promotion of the year. I think they made the most progress throughout the year compared to, say, the UFC, which compared to the UFC and Bellator, which I think just kind of did what they usually do. And uh, PFL is still around, but I don't think they're making much progress. So for me, one. Congratulations to One FC. <clears throat> the fight promotion of the year in a down year. Yeah. Uh, Sensei, you can go next. Uh, well, now I know what it would have liked to get my answer. <laughs> oh, so, my that, bad. <laughs> that, yeah, that yeah, was me. feel good, right? Uh, hurts, hurts, hurts. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I, for me, honestly, this was actually a no-brainer. Um, I didn't really have to think hard about this at all. Um, yeah, 1-1 one, one championship is easily my best uh, fight promotion of the year. Uh, I've said it many times. I felt like ever since they did that app, which I guess isn't going to be a thing anymore, but, <laughs> like... <laughs> so that kind of sucks but from the start of that app like i feel like everything for them just went upward after that like it started off with the app i was able to watch fights free um very accessible the app like actually worked it's not clunky like fight pass didn't freeze up well, it's on just me. a youtube stream yeah but uh, clear <laughs> at least <laughs> You know how many times Fight Pass just logs me off in the middle of a fight? I never had a problem with Fight Pass, but I gotta admit, the zone, I can't fucking get that thing to work for me at all. Really? Not at all. It, like, lags and chugs. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a Yugo trying to make it. Every, every, everybody's gotta step their app game up. But like, one, one, one did really good with the app while it was a thing. It's not gonna be anymore, I guess. But, like, you know, I was, I was able to watch cards for free. The actual cards were good, like, like I said, Ang Song and Ken Hasegawa was an honorable mention for one of my fights of the year. Like, they put on really good cards, and then I think they just, aside from putting on really good cards, and I know it's not for everybody, I guess because of me, because I just kind of, like, enjoy chaos. Um, I don't mind the mix of one fight now is an MMA fight, the next fight is a kickboxing fight. I think they had, like, a boxing fight this year. They do all kinds of wild stuff, but I enjoy it. It's It's something... I just, I like alternatives, and to me, that's a perfect alternative. And if I can get every combat sport under one card in the same night, I'm, I'm not really going to argue against I that. I want this to be remembered um, when the UFC does Zupa boxing on the same card. And no one cares because nobody wants to see. Just saying. Some random guy from, like, Boston. But no, like, at least for them, like, when they, when they hold their kickboxing fights, like, at least they're bringing in, it wasn't like, Bellator made you watch Joe Schilling 800 times. And don't get me wrong, like, you know, Joe Schilling's cool and all, but, you know, I don't want to watch Joe Schilling fight in every kickboxing card because he's, like, the only good fighter. The only good American fighter. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, the only good American Zab fighter. Like, Judah you, you... against <laughs> Conor McGregor's dad. Curtis <laughs> Conor Khabib, too. I don't want to hear a damn thing. <laughs> Like, one, you had Giorgio Petrosian, you had, they brought over Nikki Holskin, who uh, killed, uh, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, um, he uppercut him to death, too, but, <laughs> like, they get, when they, when they reach over to these other combat sports, they're not just picking, like, oh, this is just some random guy, like, they're getting very reputable fighters, and then, kind of to piggyback off what you said, like, they close the year really strong, you get Mighty Mouse, you get Eddie Alvarez, you get Sage Northcutt. It seems like they kind of have a plan for them. Like, they have these, I guess, these, like, Grand Prix tournaments that they're going to do this year. Um, you know, they, they signed the TV deal. 
they they were like the only promotion to me that I looked at. And you could you could kind of say the same for PFL, but with PFL, I'm just with them. I just get the feeling like I just don't know how long this is actually gonna last. <laughs> like as sad as that's to say, I just I don't know. Day to day, I feel like one day I'm just gonna get a headline that PFL isn't a thing anymore. But like with one, they were the only organization I looked at, and I was like, they from the start of the year to the end, they got better. They this wasn't the same product that I saw at the beginning of the year. This wasn't the same thing I saw last year. They're making strides to actually like improve their product, and like I I see it. I visually see it. The UFC is just kind of we we get really good fights, but like the package as a whole is just kind of like what what is this? <laughs> like I don't know what's going on. I watch it, but it's just, it's too much chaos. It's too much confusion going on. Bellator going Bellator. I don't, I don't really need to. You know they're trying, but you know, I, I don't know. It's not there yet. <laughs> One was the only promotion I saw that was clearly making strides to get better, and it it's paying off. Um, so yeah, that, that's my my fight promotion of the year. So the U the UFC has basically kind of been treading water all year. Just kind of like, especially in the back half, it just kind of feels like they've been filling out dates. Just trying to get this Fox deal done before they move over to ESPN and just start guaranteeing themselves a profit every year. <clears throat> yeah. Um. I mean, like it, that's the thing. Like the UFC did have a big year. Like maybe not in like financially wise, but like they secured their future with the ESPN deal. Um, Bellator, at, you know, for as well as it's like we have no idea what how well the zone is going, but. Yeah, they got themselves a big eight-figure deal potentially if they can make, meet their um their incentives. Um, but like the the product in cage is still, you know, you're paying like the, the, their co-main event for their February card is going to be like Prokop versus Roy Nelson, and like, the attitude still hasn't changed. I'm talking about like yeah. yeah, and you're still getting like. <laughs> Chidi and Kawani against whatever that guy. Uh, uh, I don't know if we're gonna be getting Chidi anymore. Yeah. Why? What happened to him? Did I miss something? Uh, the last fight didn't go. Oh, I thought, I thought you. Were, I thought you. <laughs> yeah. that oh, no. no, 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 no. The man's uh, still alive. Like. Salter, <laughs> uh, John Salter, but it's like, you know, Bellator is weird in the sense that like their filler main events are just like LFA would not be allowed to put that on. You know what I mean? Like, I could see John Salta versus Chidi and Juwan for the welterweight, uh, the middleweight title at LFA. You think so? Yeah. Well, what's, what's another one that was just like there was another one off the top of my head? But keep going. I just I'll no, 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 I get, and I get you. Like they, they, they get a, they, they put on some really. It's an uh, inconsistent product. Yeah, and part of that's meeting international requests. Like I'm, I'm sure they would not put Alessio Sakara on in the main event or anything. Oh, for sure. If they didn't have to go to Italy two, three times a year, um, but like yeah, like you guys said, one has been the only MMA promotion that um, that, that seems to be growing upward, or at least trying to anyway. So they're they're probably my pick for promotion of the year. The only other competition really is Battle of the Nations, which is the great. Which is that's just not the best real. Product. That's not real. <laughs> this is just there the we go. Product. That's not real. 
It's absolutely <laughs> real. No, you, could ask, you could ask that American high school freaking history teacher who got the shit beat out of him. I don't want to, like, <laughs> by, some, real. by some supported <laughs> up bodybuilder from the Ukraine. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, it feels like a work to, to get Americans to show up and get, like, robbed. It feels like hostile oh, with hammers. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> amazing. I don't like it. I disagree. Uh, I don't want it. I don't uh, want it in my product. I don't want uh, it in my, in so my life. My life sphere. It's the perfect podcast now. Battle of the Nations got mentioned. Okay, but know. I mentioned you all Romero a few times per podcast. People get all upset. So it's not fair. <laughs> if, you, if people come here and don't expect us to fawn over you all Romero, they don't know who we are. That's all it comes down to. Yeah, we'll hit them with the stool. They're, they're gonna. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> Then we'll tell them we love them, because we do. Exactly. It hurt me more than it hurt you. I'm not kissing you guys, though. <laughs> My favorite thing about Battle of the Nations, by the way, is that they had this wooden fence that, you know, that shows, like, that that encloses all the the um the knights as they fight. And it's just like if, like, if that fence wasn't there, these guys would be tripping over themselves so hard. Because they're literally <laughs> just holding on to the fence. Like, they're swinging with one hand. Look, I just I don't look. We don't like it. Nobody likes it. it Everybody loves exist. it. it Everybody uh, loves we love it. it. It should not exist. <laughs> uh, it's the Samurai Fight League is the next step. Well, we just we talked what about else? this earlier. I think we need to be honest that there's like encroachment upon our our, our beach muscle our beach muscle FC. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> We we got an eye on you guys and whatever little, little league you got going on over there. Where is over there, by the way? Where? I don't know. <laughs> nobody, nobody knows. A mythic, the mythical lands of Europe. Of like Europe. They, they, they're really hard to get to. You have to go through like a, a wardrobe or something. <laughs> I was gonna say this. <laughs> thought you were gonna say like Harry Potter, like Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned um, I have never read I, okay I read the first Harry Potter book in like third grade but I've never actually read any of the other books or watched any of the movies but I learned a little bit about Harry Potter from a co-worker this past week and it made me very upset because apparently in like um, what, what, Fantastic Beasts there are Harry, there are like Hogwarts in other countries right so like Fran- yeah, there. I don't. I don't watch the movies either. I think no, Sensei and I are trying very clear to make it obvious that we do not. Uh, this is this is out of our. But domain. you know what though? I I I can um I can infer because everybody I work with, well not everybody, but I have two like actually you know I have like four diehard Harry Potter fans I work with. So I will confirm uh, this with them and I will bring this information back. Oh no, this is a thing. I, I talked. We talked about like I, I work at a children's library with everybody. A, a children's library. Okay, a library. Yes. Okay. Uh, oh, so you have all you have all the books yes. anyway. But uh, apparently, so France gets a Hogwarts that they're they're not called Hogwarts; they're called something else. America has to share its Hogwarts with Canada. Ooh. South South America, Brazil gets a, a a Hogwarts. In Africa, the continent with like a billion plus people on it. It's one Hogwarts in well, Uganda. I mean, that's, that, that's the way it goes. That's America has to share bullshit. a Hogwarts. America has to share a Hogwarts <laughs> with the land that gave us Elias Theodoru. And you think I'm going to be upset about African Hogwarts? 
<laughs> Dude, like Mexico doesn't even get a Hogwarts. There's not um, a Spanish-speaking Hogwarts in the Harry Potter universe. It um, pisses me off. Well, why don't you open one? Because I'm not J.K. Rowling and I don't have that power well, you to just, just make well, shit up and post it on apparently Twitter. Dudes, apparently dudes can take our fight league so we could take that idea. No, no, that's, that's we're, we're putting in. We're, uh, can we send like a cease and desist order? <laughs> we're not what, like an napkin? <laughs> Hey, we started this idea. <laughs> refer, refer back to episode 97. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, I don't even know how we got oh here. God, this I'm just going to move on. I don't, I don't have a segue. I, just don't, I'm just, you know, I think that it's unfair, but it's Hogwarts. It's magic. It's uh... Asia only gets it one. Is. Okay, but like, you know, it, it's, it's also not real. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but it's not. I mean, I know it's not. I'm just saying. That, that, that's what makes it upsetting, because they can do whatever they want. Okay, well, that's what I'm saying. Go back in time. Get the time machine. Get the time I'm going to go back in time, and I'm going to write Harry Potter. It says, I have no idea what Harry Potter is about, because I've never read any of the books, except for the magic, first one. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to write Harry Potter, and what I think happens in Harry Potter, based on what I've heard from Osmosis. Why did Joel Romero show up in Harry Potter? I'm going to write hey. about Joel Romero going to Hogwarts. <laughs> I'm making Tiago Santos Thor. That has nothing to do with Harry Potter, but Tiago Santos. Tiago Santos would be the nicest guy. He just loves his kid and beating the shit out of people. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> A couple of kicks. Um, I only know like I know some Harry Potter. My brother's a big fan. Uh, it's not a. It's not something we frequently discuss, so I don't know anything about it. I know like three characters, like the Snape. Because that's Alan Rickman. <laughs> he's great. You call him oh, the yeah. snake? You know, when he reached that level. <laughs> like, he like, like he's a wrestler. There's like the, the old dude, Dumbledore. And then there's Harry. Harry. And you all remember. You <laughs> he fits right. Dude, in. I want to send Sage Northcutt to Hogwarts and then ask him how Jesus Christ allows magic to happen and see what happens. And I think that would be the best. His brain just opens. <laughs> Sage would become the Grand Wizard somehow. I still need someone to explain to me that Sage Nordcut thing you you posted with like him with the knife. So I think it was just hit, like him messing around with his karate knives from like and back someone, when he used to do, like, someone pretty much threatened him legally with a weapon. Yeah, and then he he just played it off like it was nothing. Ha <laughs> ha! That's dangerous. Ha uh-huh. <laughs> ha! That's great. I need to get me one of those. Oh God! <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> ah, all right, move, moving on uh, to this next category. God, I, I almost want to switch this one too, but I'm not. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick by. Um, all right. So the next category we have is prospect of the year, and a disclaimer for the listeners. And we discussed this beforehand. Um, nobody really knows what a prospect is anymore. Um. <laughs> That definition is just kind of, you know, it gets lost in translation. The dude who came Um, up with the topics doesn't know. Has no idea what the winner is. (laughs) Or what idea what the prospect means. Like, we got problems. (laughs) So, my my, my very loose interpretation of what prospect is, this is just somebody who's relatively new in an organization. I don't have anything else for you. Um... I don't. <laughs> totally. Different. I don't know the exact. Totally different from Breakthrough Fighter of the Year. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever you think is a prospect in your mind, it's a prospect. New guy, uh, gal of the year. There you go. Um, so my honorable mentions, uh, none of which, only, now that I'm looking at my list, I think only two of these people are actual, like, legit prospects. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho... Uh, this was actually a really hard category. There were a lot of new faces on the block this year who, uh, who did really good for themselves. Um, so my honorable mentions for prospect of the year were Kayla Harrison from PFL, uh, Petr Jan, which we discussed before the podcast, who is probably not really a prospect at all, but <laughs> for whatever, he's, he's in there. Uh, and Wei Li Zhang was my other honorable mention. Um, but... After much deliberation, um, I'm going to give, I, I flip-flopped on this a little bit, but I'm going to give prospect of the year to Aaron Pico. Um, reasoning being, I know his loss um, that he had wasn't in 2018, the Zach Freeman uh, incident. <laughs> um, but like one thing that I look for in prospects is like how you handle adversity. And because, you know, it's easy to, you know, when when the going's good, everything's good. You know, you're on top of the world. La-di-da. Life is great. Um, but he came out the gate and fumbled like straight out the gate. 2017 fumbled. Not a good look. Um, that could have been like soul crushing for a lot of other prospects. That could have been like the, you know, he, he could have ended up on one of those ESPN stories like the guy that just didn't make it that we, you know. Like Ron Leaf. <laughs> it could have been one of those stories. Ever since then, the dude's been flawless. And not only has he been flawless, he's been destroying people. Um, I think the anti-cool mentioned the Shane Crutchin um, KO to the body. Was that the same KO where he KO'd him and he did like a cartwheel? Was that him? That's a... can't remember if that was him. I don't remember that he, part. He, he, he hit... He hit somebody in the body so hard that they like rolled backwards. It, it, well, let me make sure that let's see if that was him because they got the knockout right here on YouTube. He didn't roll, but he he just like jumped like three feet back and then just <laughs> yeah. collapsed. His knees. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, like Pico, he he killed Chain Crushing. Uh, he killed Lee Morrison. And then he went on to, to fight Higo, who was actually a former title, title challenger. And I guess what you could say was his, um, you know, easily like his toughest test to date. And he pretty much passed that with flying colors. And he sets himself up this year. I think he's fighting uh, Henry Corrales uh, on one of these upcoming cards. I'm not sure I which one. I believe it's the one featuring Fedor and Bader. No. Yeah. yeah, that was And Jack Swagger. Um, Who's the true draw? There you go. There you go. They hit a million. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it might literally but be. He, like, if we're bit, like, do people like Jack Swagger? No. Yeah. I don't know. I don't watch no, no, wrestling, to, so. To be honest, like, the general feeling was when he left the WWE, it was like, uh, it was like, God, they could have done more with him, which they probably could have. And then when he left and was working on the indies, it was like, ah, maybe that's why they didn't do more with him. So He's really, he, he's really boring. <laughs> Basically, and, and he kind of does, like, he tends to fluctuate in body shape. Like, uh, I'm curious to see what he'll look like. Cause I hope he just up, shows up around. He could, because I, I do know at one point, like, I was watching him on the indies, and he was wearing a shirt, which is never a good sign. 
That normally means you're a little uh, you're a little uncomfortable with your physique. Uh, it's like wearing a shirt in the pool, you know. You just you're letting people know that you're not thrilled with what you got going on. So uh, I'm curious to see what he looks like because he does not have the Lashley physique. He's not gonna get the Lashley. Uh, <clears throat> like Bobby Lashley is a specimen, so I don't I don't think he's gonna have that kind of body for for Bellator. We'll see. Well, he's not prospect of the year. He's gonna have to earn it. He could. There's there's time. 2019. We could be talking. Well, I, I this yeah. cough. I could be dead, but. You got <laughs> but yeah, I, I gave Pico uh, my prospect of the year. Like he he fumbled out the gate two years ago, already pretty much having to overcome adversity, and after that stumble out the gate, dude's been flawless. And like none of his fights have been like remotely competitive. He's been just kind of mauling people. Um, you you can always make the case of you know overall competition. Um, I almost wanted to. I was almost going to go with Wei Li Zhang because she sub Jag and I don't know. Like, I don't know. You, you can make arguments for other people. But um, for me, it's him. He's been the most impressive for me. And he's already had that I had to come over adversity moment, which I think is really important uh, in a prospect's career. So he's kind of gotten that stumbling block out the way. Um, and it's pretty much been smooth sailing from here. We'll, we'll see how the Corrales fight goes, but... Aside from that one slip-up, he's pretty much lived up to all expectations, uh, uh, pretty much. So he is my uh, uh, prospect of the year, and Pico. You know what, Sam? Because I, I actually didn't have an answer for this. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, normally you'd be like, oh, Israel Asanya, but like, I gave, like, he's tied for breakthrough Friday or Like, I don't know. I don't know what constitutes a prospect anymore. Alexia Some guy Olympia. who's been fighting for a year just beat Brian Kelleher, who was like ranked top like ten ish. Yeah, that's like, a good. Six point. months ago, let's give it to give it to Olenek. Yeah, He's technically young for heavyweight. <laughs> Alexia Olenek, prospect of the year, twenty eighteen. Guy tweet Because he's not on my list, but I just thought of him now. I mean, like, I don't know. All right. What's the difference between a breakthrough fighter and somebody who's still like like a Darren Till type? I made the I made <laughs> I made these categories separate so I could give more people awards. I didn't want to leave what anybody out. <laughs> All right, so I guess Aaron Pico. Yeah, Aaron Pico. So that brings up another issue because I had AJ McKee on my list, but I took him off because he like main evented. So like, is he still a prospect? Prospect. I would still count him as a prospect. All right, so he's on my list. Uh, but the problem, of course, with Prospect of the Year is that nobody knows what a prospect is anymore uh, because there's no, like, immediate feeder system, so to speak. So, like, half of my prospects, like Macy Barber, uh, I guess she's a prospect. Uh, Alexander Hernandez, I guess he's a prospect. But then I have, like, Johnny Walker, who's a prospect who has, like, 17 pro fights, right? And I call, how many fights does Johnny Walker have? Up, up to 20. Yeah, like, uh, so how is he necessarily a prospect? <laughs> yeah, he's a UFC well, prospect. Depends. Like, is he from that, like, he has 18 pro fights, right? He's they got him on the Brazilian, the Brazilian Contender Series. Right. He, all right. So he's been fighting for six years. If, yeah. if, if you had told me he had 20 fights in, like, two years, like some of these other dudes who come out of Brazil do, I'd be like, yeah, he's still a prospect. <laughs> 
don't know. Like, I, mean, I, I, I mean, he's still a prospect in terms of like we don't know what his ceiling is. Right, but I also have Peter Yan on my list. But Peter Yan is not a prospect. But like, <laughs> he's like, what is a prospect? So this is beginning to give me a headache. So I went with a guy who I trust. I believe is a prospect because he doesn't have a lot of fights. Uh, you know, he he's still kind of learning, and you can see it. And he, he hasn't been in the UFC for very long. I went with Nazareth Hakrabas. Hakrabas. So yeah, I like it. <clears throat> He was my stop giving yourself a headache pick. Uh, I like that. Little, little Gastelum. Baby Gastelum. Yeah, baby, baby Dick Gastelum. move extraordinaire, like kicking people to the body repeatedly when they're, like, dying of oxygen deprivation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. I like that pick. All right, so those are our prospects of the year, even though none of us know what a prospect is, but you don't either, so. <laughs> Good point. Who are you? Good Who point, do you yeah. judge? <laughs> Whoever's listening and judging and screwing your face up, you don't know what a prospect mm-hmm. is. Shut up. <laughs> you come up with a definition you're gonna, you're gonna... and we'll work within it. Right, right. Next year, we'll, we'll use your definition. Um, but those are prospects of the year. Uh, this next award, uh, which I have to credit Joey, we, we're calling this the Darren Elkins Award. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Joey coined this phrase, so I have to give him uh, his credit. Uh, the Darren Elkins Award is going to the uh, comeback win of the year. Um, so I'm not going to lie to you guys. This was like one of the categories that I did not research much. Not only did I not research it much, but I have bad memory. So off top, when I thought of this award, I couldn't even, like no fights immediately came to my head. I had to really like jog my memory to even think about these. Um, I have one honorable mention, and it's probably a fight that only I saw. Um, unless you're a Cage Warriors fan, um, <laughs> if you watch if you watch Cage Warriors '97, uh, Mason Jones uh, come back against uh, probably gonna butcher this gentleman's name, uh, Caseller Formella. Um, I don't even know what division uh, these guys were in, but I remember the beginning of the fight. Mason Jones was getting beat up uh, pretty bad. It, it looked like he was about to get out of there. Found a second win. Uh, at around probably about a minute 30 left in the fight and dude comes back and just unleashes hell and come back and wins it was pretty awesome um but after i finally jogged my memory comeback of the year Derek lewis killing alexander volkov in one punch um effectively erasing all of volkov's hard work that he did <laughs> to set himself up for a title shot Derek lewis took it away in one punch uh, in a fight that he was losing pretty handedly, um, and then proceeded to give like one of the greatest post-fight speeches uh, the sport has ever seen. So uh, Derek Lewis gets my uh, comeback one of the year, or my my Darren Elkins award, we should say. Yeah, why is this award not called the Derek Lewis Award? Huh? Because Derek Lewis. Uh, uh. I was gonna make a joke in Jeff. But I don't want people to like get offended, so I'm gonna table it. <laughs> it was gonna be a little lighthearted, jocular humor, but I figure we'll just we'll just because somebody's bound to get offended by the joke, so we're just gonna table it. I, I only say this because Derek Lewis never is basically losing every fight he's in at any given moment until he wins it. Well, then couldn't it be the Brian Ortega <laughs> Award as well? It could. Hey, 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 hey. Look, Darren Elkins is never going to fight for a UFC <laughs> title. These guys have fought for a UFC title. This is his title. The comeback win of the year is his I mean, title. That... 
I blame the tattoo. Okay. It will, or either the tattoo is giving him superpowers, or it's just taking away his ability to not get the shit beat out of him. I see. But um, yeah, my pick is Dragula's walk off. Just, be, just because, like, it, it doesn't get more I'm getting the shit beat out of me than heavyweight, and then I win the fight, despite the fact that I am dead freaking tired. Good stuff. Is that it? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, there's not a whole lot to say. All right, Like, well, if, if you watch Eddie Derrick Lewis fight. Derrick Lewis was not even in my top five on this. But <gasps> that shows. Listen, relax. I have realistic. I have realistic. Realistic options. Whack. Offended. Triggered. Take it easy. Both of you stop it. Both Whack. Stop it. Cut out. All right. So you're my honorable, my you're honorable mentions were. Stop it. Let me explain. Let me explain. <laughs> let me let me let me talk this out. My honorable mentions were Kairoji Horiguchi against Darian Caldwell. Uh, splitting the award, uh, or splitting the nomination. OSP and Shogun against Tyson Pedro because both fights literally were the same. <laughs> Uh, Yair Rodriguez from uh, Yair Rodriguez is here was my original choice, but that was more like a career comeback. Like that's a big career comeback move. Uh, had Tyson Fury been, had I known that you could do boxers, Tyson Fury would have been here somewhere. My comeback of the year, Claudio Puelas, who was getting massacred violently uh, in Chile, and then pulled off like basically a hail mary out of nowhere finish over a really, 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 really good. Uh, Brazilian lightweight, whose name I cannot remember at this current moment in time. I'm going to look that up. Uh, but Qua- Claudio Puelas is my choice. Uh, Felipe Silva. So, that's my dude. That's my guy. Uh, you guys, Derek Lewis is a fine choice. I just, you know, I guess I'm used to it. Because then I would have... You've, then been, I would, de- then I would, <laughs> you've been desensitized. Yeah, because then I would have to include Derek Lewis against Marcin Tabura because he was losing that fight too. So... Uh, I'm going with Claudio Puelas. And I'm upset that the Peruvian is mad that I picked the Peruvian. I'm, I'm, I'm physically shaking. Uh, my <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll take that. Violently it. mad I'll right now. I'm Wait. ill. <laughs> All right. No, no, you, Research no, no, you can go. Um, uh, 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 this has nothing to do with work. Bye. No. <laughs> All right, the, this next category, uh, I wish I would have had more time to, like, research this, because I feel like there were probably more answers, or at least, because uh, I don't have an honorable mention for this next category. Um, for some people, this might not even count as an upset. Uh, but next category is upset of the year, and pretty much the only fight that came to my mind, um, I, for some reason, I forgot that this fight happened this year. I I realized researching these categories, like, there's so many fights. Like, how many fights did we watch a year? Like, it's too much. 12. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> right, well, that's like, just make an average of 12 times, like, 45, and that's UFC fights alone. Jesus, yeah. That, like, so many, so many fights. I'm like, that happened this year? I com- completely forgot. But my upset of the year is uh, Thug Rose sending Joanna to another planet with a left hook. Well, that was in 2017. Um, Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! 
She beat her this year, though, right? Yeah, but that was not an upset, I don't think. That, that was a rematch. <laughs> oh, God. Can I go? Can I go right. allow you two to stall? Does that help any? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything. Right, right, well, I'm going to piggyback off one of your answers. <laughs> All right. So, Anakul, do you have one? An answer? Uh, yes. Uh, do you want to go, or do you want me to go? Yeah, you can go first. Okay, well, the only two... I, I had Amanda Nunes versus Cyborg as an honorable mention. I also had Brian Ortega versus Frankie Edgar as an honorable mention. My choice... If you beat the greatest fighter of all time, potentially, uh, it doesn't matter if it was a split decision. Uh, you beat the greatest fighter of all time, potentially, and he was the guy who iced you in a round. Henry Cejudo over Demetrius Johnson is my upset of the year. I will piggyback off that. And I could probably have some obscure ass fight from <laughs> South no. Africa. What? There. What? No, my my answer is Cejudo Johnson. My my honorable mention is actually uh I, I and I'm not sure if this was reflecting the betting line, but it, it felt like it was reflecting like fan and like analyst spe- um speculation on the fight uh, DC over Stipe. I I could see that I could see that for sure. So, but my my pick is D, uh Cejudo over Johnson like. I'm I'm glad all three of us agree. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, to be, to be honest, my upset of the year to to piggyback off a of sentence, my upset of the year was Matt Sarah over GSP. That was a <laughs> that was didn't, did, didn't see that one coming. Matt Sarah in the Hall of Fame. That's an upset of the year, I suppose, for some people. Oh, I think man. that was the most Thank contentious you. thing that I had this year. Like, no, till Wonder Boy. And then when I, I did a post on Matt Sarah going into the UFC and I was uh, into the Hall of Fame and I was just like oh that's pretty cool and it was like there were two battle lines you either thought he was in or you thought he shouldn't be in it, it was aggressive so God. I'm so glad I don't record this podcast by myself because I would have went on a long <laughs> rant about Thug Rose and Yawan and I just would have been completely wrong. I was just curious if Anakul was gonna help you out or just let you embarrass yourself yeah I, I was <laughs> he <seems> like... <laughs> I was like about to step in but did I get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it happened in November of 2017, so like technically that's like 2018. Yeah, let's be real. Close. Years aren't real. Yeah. What is Nothing real? Yeah, what is real? Nothing is real. <laughs> I we went over that. Everything is fake. Good point. Everything is. I'm sorry. Everything is choreographed. Uh, correction. If you want to be technical and use the proper term, everything is a work. Everything is a work. So it's not. Except for pro wrestling. No, that's real. That's real. That's, that's real. the that's the only true sport. I'm glad all three of us uh, vehemently researched this uh, upset of the year. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I will do better next time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, moving on. Really making it to uh, the Wilder fight could be considered an upset of the year too, if you think about. It. That's true. Yeah. I mean, John I Jones making it to the Gus fight. <laughs> to be fair, he had some help. <laughs> he had a little bit of help. Although, it doesn't, help. Well, it doesn't sound like he technically did anything wrong. So a little bit of help. Uh, that's a whole other... No, I'll, I'll leave that alone. Oh, is that phlegm? <laughs> Next category. Um, phlegm right there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. This category was actually the last category I added. Um, I just kind of added this on a whim. Uh, next category is ass whipping of the year. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, who just got um, who just got beat up like really badly? <laughs> you know, yeah. 
Yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, so I'll actually throw the preface out. My winner wasn't really like a savage beating, but I picked it because the person on the receiving end, I don't think he was ready for what happened to him. Um, but my honorable mentions, <laughs> I didn't want to put this fight on because I feel bad for him, but it happened, man. Rob Font, uh, boxing a life off of Sergio Pettis was an honorable mention. Um, Sir, that didn't need, Sergio didn't need that to happen. That, that shouldn't have been a thing, but you know. Life happens. What happens when they cut um, your division? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was an honorable mention. Um, Amanda Nunez and Raquel Pennington. That was going to win, but it became hard to watch, and I didn't, like, I just wasn't enjoying that fight after a while. It was like, all right, we've had enough of this. We can probably stop this now. And we, we had a whole podcast discussion on that. Um but that was my other honorable mention. There were probably more I, I could have thought of, but I, uh, like I said, this is the last category I just kind of added on a whim. Um, but my ass whipping of the year comes at Bellator 204, Ricky Bandejas, and James Gallagher. Because I don't think he was ready for that Shawn Michaels superkick. Um, I don't think anybody was ready for that Shawn Michaels superkick. And another reason like I, I picked that fight to win is because you know Gallagher, man... It, I'll say it, man. He's like the fake Bellator Connor over there, and I don't like it. Like, I just, I don't, I'm not feeling it. I don't know if that's how he is in person. He might be a nice guy. I don't know. I don't know him. But from the outline looking in, they, they, they make him like Connor Jr., and I'm just not feeling it. Um, so all the brash talk, all the, you know, the antics, you know, that went out the window. He got Shawn Michaels super kicked, and he wasn't ready. Um, and I think anybody who was on that hype train, we kind of saw, like, G Gallagher has talent, but I don't think he's as good as you guys think he is. Um, you know, and he got super kicked for his trouble. Okay. Nobody else got Shawn Michaels super kicked this year. Um, Speaking of SGB guys, SPG guys in uh, Bellator, I'm surprised Charlie Ward was in the welterweight tournament. <laughs> No, because then you'd have uh, to put Galore you know. Bufundo in there, and you can't just can't just overload it. Ooh, true. <clears throat> and I cool you but, have a butt whoop yeah. another year. Um, man, the news is Raquel Pennington. No, only the viewers got hurt there. I mean, <laughs> and the people who paid money. And um, man, the, oh, no, man, Raquel Pennington. Pennington. Yeah, okay. Poor, poor, like that fight probably. Like, Rocky should have had like a tune-up fight, cause uh, she broke she got she broke her leg like in December or January, before the fight. Yeah. And then they put her in there with Amanda Nunes, who like kicks harder than basically any woman has ever like kicked anybody ever before. And she did that, and I, I don't like I don't think I can name a proper comparison to like just like. How overmatched she was once she started getting her leg kicked, and I think it was made worse by the corner situation where she was like, "I, I just don't want to fight anymore," and they were like, "No, no, no, you're fine. You, you go out there and you." No, you're you're gonna fight and you're gonna like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that. I, I, mine is a little bit more. Well, I guess it's not uplifting, but we'll find out. It's it was it was like watching um. It was like the stories you hear about, like NFL coaches who send dudes back out there after they get a concussion or something. Yeah, 
Well, those aren't stories. That happened last yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you never see it, though. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, no, 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 no there was one. Uh, who was the... I can't remember. Well, you watch the NFL, don't yes, you? Yes, who was the quarterback before Deshaun Watson came? It was a, it was somebody who was kind of uh ooh wow like, Tom Savage I think it was one one of those guys like took a really bad hit and was like visibly like well there was a, there was discussion last year that Cam Newton in the playoffs might have gotten a concussion and they sent him back out there but that was yeah that was disproven uh but either way yeah I think I know what you're talking about and there's been a couple other yeah he's like, the... I think there was Nick Foles speaking of which I think back in KC he had an incident similar to that so. But I get Anna Cole's yeah. point more all over the larger scale. Yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, so, uh, so ass whipping of the year. I kind of took a different approach, uh, I guess, and and I viewed it almost like who, like what was the fight that had the most dick moves in it? <laughs> like what fight was just disrespectful? Not just you lost, but. The level of losing was almost dis- on a disrespectful level. On a, on, a, on a, you lost on a physical and a metaphysical level. Um, so obviously the Bundy House fight was up there. Uh, Derek Lewis against Daniel Cormier. Cormier pretty much like that fight is kind of give or take, but I don't think Lewis landed anything like one punch. Uh, Tatiana Suarez obviously against Carlos Barza. Darren Elkins against Alexander Volkanovsky. I don't know if you guys remember that fight. But Volkanovski just beat the shit out of poor Darren Elkins. I mean, there's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no, there's no nice way to put it. Like, that was the sort of fight where any other human being who's not Darren Elkins is carted out. Like, like they break out the stretcher and like they play the taps for him. Like, it was a brutal fight. He almost beat the damage tattoo. He off. literally <laughs> almost, did. he almost turned him into like Quasimodo. Like, it was such a violent, uh, yeah. And it's, it's it's unfair to make jokes about this, but it is ass whooping. Like, we're trying to be realistic about how bad like the beating was. My number one though, Max Holloway against Brian Ortega. Uh. Every <laughs> hold on, every second of that fight, outside of like the third round, and even in the third round. Uh, every second of that fight was like a Max Holloway and one mixtape for dick moves. <laughs> like, there's there's the moment when he like completely rocks Ortega and Ortega steadies himself. And rather than go for the finish, Holloway proceeds to like fake zombie walk around him with like his arms out like he's a drunk dude about to fall. The wobble. Uh, Ortega hit him with like the hardest hook I've ever seen uh, Holloway get hit with. And Holloway clapped at him. And then finger-wagged him and then hit him with, like, an eight-piece. Um, <laughs> there was the fourth round, which speaks for itself, where Holloway literally turns to Joe Rogan and is like, all right, I'm going to stop it now. And then he just went out there and for, like, five minutes beat the ever-loving poor hell out of Brian Ortega. Uh, and then his first comment after the round was, I was so close. He told Joe Rogan, I'm so close <laughs> to finishing this man. Uh then there was like I forgot what else he did. He did like almost like a breakdance move halfway through. Um there was a point where he like just mid combination just grabbed Brian Ortega's wrist and put it up by his chin <laughs> and told him <laughs> to keep his hands up. Yeah, it's just like and just if you were making like it's like the best way to put it was like and it's unfair to say it because Ortega's so great. But like 
if you videotaped yourself going one-on-one with like a five-year-old in basketball <laughs> and then made a highlight reel of all the dunks and the rejections, <laughs> like just utter like big brothering this poor man. And then after the fight, he goes, we should probably be friends. Like, that's just mean. You're just a mean person. A dick move extraordinaire. <laughs> That's up. So, that's up there with Demetrius Johnson telling John Dodson after their fight, their second fight, that he did a good job. Yeah, just like you're a mean human being. <laughs> no, don't give me your consolation yeah. prize. Ortega's like, <laughs> Ortega's face is swollen shut. He can't see. He got hit with eight hundred punches, and you go over there and you're like, you know, we should probably be friends. <laughs> I don't want to be friends with you. Go away. I'm gonna need therapy because of you. It's just. Max Holloway's return was a dick move highlight. Like, he'll never top this. Not, you know, when he took the Jose Aldo, like, left hook and was, like, motioning for him to throw more. Like, nothing's going to top this fight. This entire fight was a dick move by Max Holloway. Um, The king of dick moves. I I got a bit of breaking news for you guys. Is this bad news or good news? Uh, Fight announcement news. That's the answer the question. (laughs) <laughs> so, so we now know when and where we will see Cody Garbrandt again. He'll be fighting at UFC 235 against Pedro Munoz. That's a that's actually mm. a pretty decent fight for him. Yeah, a fight that he can win. Well, but no, no, I'm not saying he's like a lock, but it's like because we we they keep you know they kept just throwing him against like Creme de la Creme. They tried to give him you know. John Lineker. Yeah, and he was like, "I'm hurt." Yeah, they were. Yeah, they, they were gonna get him killed. Like this is a, a winnable fight for him, but it's still like a, there's still a fight he can lose though. But at least it's not. You know, we're not throwing him to the wolves. At least like you, you can win this. I don't know if you will, but it's, it's a fair fight for him. I think. Yeah, Dude, yeah. That's, that's, how likely do you think fight. it is Cody Garbrandt's gonna be like, "I'm gonna wrestle and put his neck right into a guillotine"? Ooh, ooh. Uh, does, is Garbrandt that egotistical? Uh, you know, I'm 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 gonna give it to Cody. I think he's just gonna go with the boxing. I I think his problem is he tends to overvalue his own power more than he does thinking he's better at everything than the other guy does. So, yeah, I I, I I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a side with Cody on this one, which probably isn't the smartest thing. But I'm thinking of two unique scenarios. The first is he sticks his neck out. The second is that he gets uh, Garbrandt gets rocked and Munoz is like, I gotta hit the fucking guillotine and just goes for it repeatedly and Cody rallies back for a twenty nine twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get that guillotine, man. Could could happen. I don't know. Munoz put the pause on. Uh... Who who was oh. this? Oh, it was. Oh wait. Oh, well, perfect. Speaking of dick moves, uh, I guess we could put that fight up there too because. He like ruins poor uh, Brian Keller. Yeah, no, he what's Car- uh, Caraway? Oh, Caraway. He ruins Caraway to the body, and then he's just like, "I'm gonna put you on my shoulders, I'll walk you around." <laughs> yeah. It's like when Eric Morales finished that dude with a body shot, and then he posed over him like it was a trophy kill. Uh, oh, you know, was like, I think of Brett Johns. Everything he did to Brett Johns, and they just oh. refused to put him away. No, you need to hit that guillotine. Got to hit your finishing move. Just repeat the spot. Yeah, and then basically, it's like, fuck. <laughs> Get in this guillotine already. You slippery Scott. All right, this, this next category, we're, we're going to bring the mood down again. But this is the last sad one. Last potentially sad one. 
Um, I mean, they're all sad. Disappointment. <laughs> Stop being. D- disappointment of. <laughs> Stop being the way you are. <laughs> disappointment of the year. Um. Can I? My, 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 I would just say my mind was everything. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not awful. Not an awful category. It's not at all. Because like, like we said no, earlier... we got Thiago Santos um, fight five times. How could the year have been bad? He didn't get a title fight. That's unfair. Yeah. Well, it's racism, obviously. I mean, Anthony Smith got one. He's uh, getting well, one, whatever. Perhaps the problem is that Anthony Smith has the better nickname. Lionheart. Yeah. It's a nickname game. Uh... My my, the disappointment of the year. I could have took myself down a really dark hole, so I didn't research this too much, because I didn't want to get too sad, um, and then just like not watch the sport at all anymore. Um, <laughs> but I, after a little bit of research, I had to remember. I, I took myself back to a place, and I remember how dark that week was. Um, so my disappointment of the year. It, it's a moment, but it's like an entire week span. Um. My disappointment of the year is April 1st through whatever that Saturday was leading up to UFC 223. Um, this is when Tony, uh, the cord incident. Uh, wasn't this like the fourth time that fight got canceled? Yeah. Yeah. I want to say. Yeah. Um, I remember that day seeing that headline that Tony pulled out. And I heard it from Dana, and then I looked at my calendar and saw it was April 1st. And I was like, well, this can't be true. I don't believe Dana on any day of the week. On April 1st, I'm, I'm definitely not. Uh, <laughs> I'm guy. definitely not believing Dana on April 1st. And, um, yeah, Dana was, was telling the truth. <laughs> and then you find out that, you know, obviously you're bummed out because Tony got hurt. But it's not like you got injured training. Like, you you got to say Tony Ferguson. He trains like an anime character. Like, he does just... It's, it's weird. Dumb things that would literally destroy the body of any other human being. Right. But he wasn't taken out by that. He he got taken out by a cord. Um, a cord. Which, you know, depending, cord you run across. depending on who you ask, is either his fault for wearing sunglasses indoors... <laughs> or, or you know, the UFC's fault for not having this cord apparently tapered down. But just he trips over a cord, and we lose this fight against Habib for the fourth time. And it just <clears throat> on April first, it was just the biggest like gut wrench. Like, why, why does this sport do this to us? Like, why can we get one nice thing? Like, <laughs> what has to happen for this fight to? Why is it that this fight just doesn't... The universe doesn't want to let this be a thing. Like... This, the stars never align. It just... It never... That 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 whole week just hurt. It was... It was... I mean, eventually, you know, we got a new main event. You know, and whatever happened, happened. But... That was a dark time for me. That that whole week was just... Not good. Not good. So that that's my disappointment of the year. Uh, is, Tony pulling out of the Habib fight for the fourth time. Well, he no, he didn't pull out for the fourth time, but that's the fourth time that that fight like fell apart. And I call you up. Um, I mean, I said everything, but in particular, everything around was a UFC two twenty nine. I think so. Yeah. 
I get eight and nine confused. Yeah, everything around UFC 229. That's just... Like, from Connor and... Th- from Connor throwing the freaking hand trolley through a bus full of fighters to the UFC doing nothing about it to them basically giving like both guys the okay to just go as low as humanly possible to, to both every, guys going as low as humanly possible to both guys going as low as humanly possible <laughs> to them thinking that these 80 year old security guards are going to do anything if you know team Dagestan decides to hop the fucking fence And to Dylan Danis just being there and opening his <laughs> mouth. Now he says now he claims he did not say anything, but he's uh, I don't believe Dylan Danis as far as I can throw him. I'm just saying, well I'm well apparently you're like Ben Askren on these uh, on these wrestling mats these days, so you could because uh, you said you like to use those Askren moves. Maybe you could throw him pretty far. Mm, I don't know. Send him to the, you know. I will put it this way. I hope he didn't say it because that's a really nasty thing to be saying. So I'm, I have no problem giving him the benefit of the doubt because I'd rather give him the benefit of the doubt than it be true. Like, I can't get the, over the fact that he got thrown out of Garcia's gym because, like, from all accounts, Garcia's literally like the nicest human being in combat sports. And that just tells me that. Dylan Dennis is just out of his fucking mind at this point. I'm just, I, like, I'm with you. I'm just saying, like, I hope it's not true. I mean, I, I do too, but like, just, just everything about USA 229 was a disappointment besides the actual fight, which was tremendous. Um, so yeah, just that, and the fact that we're getting a freaking rematch that we really don't need. Couldn't occur. All right, uh, so I'm up. Yeah. I'm going to go with a different card. I'm going to go with UFC 230 and let me... Well, first, my two honorable mentions. One, Carlos Condit fights. Please stop. Uh, two, the welterweight division as a whole. Also, please stop. <laughs> um, but disappointment of the year. I'm going with UFC 230, and let me explain why. Remove the main event situation entirely. If I could offer you a card with Nate Diaz versus Dustin Poirier... Yuel Romero versus Paulo Costa. Derek Brunson against Israel Adesanya. Luke Rockhold against um, Chris Weidman. Jacare against David Branch, plus a few other fights that fell through. You'd be pretty excited about that card, regardless of what the main event was. Uh, then consider that most of the main event ideas started falling out. So you're, you're losing this main event. Uh, your idea of doing John Jones versus Gustafson. Jones doesn't feel comfortable fighting that soon, so he's removed from the equation. Cain uh, Velasquez versus Daniel. Cain uh, Velasquez versus Steve Miocic for the interim title, heavy, interim heavyweight title. That falls through. So now you don't have that. Uh, you wanted to do uh, Valentina Shevchenko against what's her name? What's her Sajara name? Eubanks. Sajara Eubanks, and your audience revolts. So that fight falls through. So you got to move that fight off. Uh, you thought about moving up a fight. You couldn't couldn't pull that off with Holloway. You didn't feel comfortable with Holloway Ortega being moved up. Another fight fell through that was supposed to be like a main event fight. You've lost all these fights. 
So you got to kind of scrap together. But you have, like, the greatest undercard ever, potentially. I mean, all those fights, you'd be cool with that, right? Like, you'd be cool with Poirier, Diaz, Weidman, Weidman, Rockhold, Jacare Branch, all that stuff. Okay? You lose Weidman, Rockhold. You lose Costa Romero. You lose Branch against Jacare because David Branch, uh, no, because Jacare's got to be moved up to fight Rockhold, uh, to fight Weidman. Then you lose, uh, you remove that title fight with Eubanks and, and Shevchenko because your audience doesn't want it. So now you've lost the title fight, but you replace it with Cormier against Lewis, which is good, good stuff. Uh, and then you lose Diaz versus Poirier, which was a big draw in theory for your fans. You lose all that stuff. And, like, that's the most devastated card I've ever seen in my life. Now, the fights were awesome. No complaints about the fights, but think about all the talent you lost off that card. Think of the number of title fights and then the main events that you've, those guys have all had that you just lost. So, for me, that's why UFC 230 is the disappointment of the year. Because it had so, so, so much potential. And we could take the UFC to task for not having the best main event plan for that card. But they tried really hard with that undercard. And they just got raked over the coals. So... Uh, a tip of my hat or a moment of silence for UFC 230. What you could have been. Play taps. And there you. I let's say, is anybody still awake? <laughs> did I, did I, did I run everybody? <laughs> no, off? I was having the moment. Sorry. I was letting the moment I, breathe. I mean, I'm sad now. <laughs> uh, but uh, welcome to the sad house. Well, that was uh, disappointing. It really is. Yeah. Those are our disappointments of the year. Uh, we're coming up on the last two categories. As we um, approach And they, these, these should be uh, a little bit on a better note. Um, so the next category, uh, not really an award, but uh, this is your 2019 MMA slash combat sports wish list. <coughs> um, so my wish list, uh, I'm going to start off with boxing probably won't happen but i want it uh can we get this errol spence jr and terrence crawford fight uh can, can i have that please just at least an announcement of it even if like it doesn't happen like you well, know so you want to be hurt like, but you don't uh <laughs> like i just want to at least by the end of this year here like all right we have a venue we have a date you know i, I want to know that like this fight is actually like being worked on like i just I I don't want this to be the Tony Habib of boxing to where like I just I want to see this fight so bad and then I get my hopes up and then it's like oh no they're fighting somebody else and you know this it just doesn't happen so that that's number one on my wish list I I want that more than anything else uh, next year so give me give me Errol Spence and Terence Crawford uh, also in 2019 um, I I might get this depending on how this fight goes um, I, w- I would love to see Marlon Moraes. Uh, get a title shot in 2019. Um, one would assume if he beats the Sun Sal, he would. But if the UFC has taught me anything, you can't assume anything because you will be wrong. But, you know, if the stars would align, I, I would love to see that. So on my wish list. Um, I-, I was nice on my wish list. I want to see PFL come back. I, I want them to, to, to stick around. Uh, I, I want to see how this whole tournament thing can keep going for them maybe if they tinker with it make some adjustments i don't know um like i just like that they were trying something different so i want them to stay around i'll keep making jokes about the checks bouncing because it's <laughs> funny to me. but <laughs> but but i want you i want them to stay around I, I like what they're doing over there um 
I feel like the product is, is pretty decent. Um, it's it's improved from past years, so I, I want them to stick around. So I hope hope they you know they're still around in 2019. Um, and my last wish list fight uh, in the world of kickboxing. Uh, I I want a tension and Takaru fight. I feel like I'm not gonna get that either, but I want to throw it out in the atmosphere and hopefully the universe will listen to me. Um, so that that's my wish list of. 2019. Mm. Um, like like you, I hope PFL six round for season two, and I hope they do that women's lightweight tournament because I'm assume I'm gonna assume a lot of these featherweight women will be out of jobs. When I say a lot, but like I mean Megan Anderson, she's probably gonna be out of a job. Sensei, this is gonna be a, a lighter note, a happier note. Some of these fighters are going to be out of jobs. I mean, we're just being real. I don't think I'm being real. Like, <laughs> no, I, what, I think it's fair. Like, one of my wish lists is like, okay, I hope the UFC keeps fighting, but that's not happening. Like, um, I don't know. Sign, I hope the UFC signs more 205ers and women's bantamweights because they those, those divisions need blood and life. And, you know, they, 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 I think they signed like two women this year. If my memory serves me correctly, that weren't directly off the tough. So, there's that. Um, I hope Bellator books their champions to be more active. Um, and I like Pitbull wants to fight three times a year. So, I say, why don't you let him? Speaking of Pitbull, I hope they do Chandler versus Pitbull. And in the meantime, do like a, a lightweight tournament or something to get Michael Chandler another contender. Because he's basically run through that division. Um. Oh, and uh, I want Tension Nasakawa versus Takaru. Like, if I don't have a specific MMA fight, I want. But it, just overall, that, that's my number one for like kickboxing. Um. Uh, I want Crawford versus a top one forty-seven pounder. Yeah. I, I, well, I don't even think we mentioned it, but he's going to be. Rumor is he's fighting Amir Khan at MSG, and like Khan's a good 147er, but I don't know if I consider him near the top anymore, or at the top anymore. Um, I'd like an Usyk heavyweight run. I'd like to see the winner of Fury Wilder actually fight Joshua, and if Canelo is not going to be fighting Jacobs or Triple G, I want to see him make a serious run at 168. So that's it. Mm, am I up? Yep. Okay. So uh, I got five things. I didn't put a specific fight, although obviously I'd like to see Tony Ferguson fight for the belt at some point. I think it's way overdue. Uh, and boxing-wise, it doesn't make sense to do a wish list because none of those fights ever seem to really come together. So I wouldn't... like uh, Fury Wilder versus Joshua winner would be great, but it sounds like Eddie Hearn isn't that interested, and it sounds like maybe Wilder might not be that interested anymore, so I didn't do a specific fight. Number five is I want a specific contender series just for finding women's MMA. I think that the contender series has a better turnout than tough, because these are instead of having tough, tough is very much like a roll, a roll of the dice. Anything can happen over 16 weeks when you have reality filming plus weight cuts and whatever. I feel like the contender series brings out better talent. The women's Look, women's MMA is not my favorite thing, so to speak. 
but the strawweight division is very, very talented. I feel like flyweight has a lot of potential. I'm totally cool with just bringing every bantamweight you can find under any rock, under any crevice, and putting them in a you know a six week run where it's just bantamweights and strawweights and flyweights and featherweights too, and just trying to find one fighter a week who you can sign who looks really good. I think it can work out. We kind of saw it with the Brazilian Dana White contender series. They brought in some good women. Because uh, that's the only way you're going to grow these divisions is really just start investing in them. Number four, I want to see less harsh weight cuts. I'd like to see more fighters willingly move around. Uh, that, of course, ties into number three, which is I'd like to see more catchweights. I don't think a show is ruined if you're doing a catchweight main event. Um, I think it's cool to sometimes play with the weight, weight classes. If it helps guys not have to cut so much weight or if it makes sense to have, you know... A fighter doesn't want to go to 170, but if you can get a small 170-er who's coming, it should be especially true with these catchweights when you're signing somebody on two weeks' notice. And it's like, you can tell them, because you can tell them, hey, make sure you make 155, but if they're 175 when they get the call and they don't know if the UFC is ever going to call again, they're probably not going to be 100% honest with you. So you open up a door where a guy could potentially have a really bad weight cut and a really bad miss. And I believe the UFC's also had a few guys get signed and then fail drug tests because they're not clean. So uh, better better booking in terms of these like short notice fights. Number two is uh, less low class drama. We already kind of beat up UFC 229, but just less of that stuff. Less of UFC 229. Less of uh, of Colby Covington kind of walking a really fine line and just kind of being kind of trashy. Less of John Jones. Like, I don't know if John Jones does it deliberately, but I know Daniel Cormier has spoken openly about the fact that he doesn't like John Jones uh, making, like, just making comments about being his dad or whatever because Daniel Cormier's dad was killed, I believe, right? Uh, so I believe he was killed or he died, but, like, it, it makes Cormier uncomfortable. I think that's fair. Uh, less talking about people's kids, less talking about people's families. Uh, one of the things that's really starting to irritate me is less talking about people like being traitors to their country because they have the nerve to train where they can afford to train. So less people are traitors, less, uh, you know, I think Derek Brunson made comments about Israel Adesanya training in New Zealand, even though he's from Nigeria, like less of that stuff. We can really use less dirt shit, bad behavior and just bad, like just stuff that brings negativity to the sport. There's a way to hype a fight without doing that. And number one, more title defenses. This is the number one thing that's irritated me all year. Uh, light heavyweight, heavyweight, lightweight, and women's featherweight are the only divisions that saw two title defenses this year. Official title defenses. Uh, more title fights. Have your champions be more active. And the only way that like these divisions are going to progress is if you get these guys like TJ Dillashaw fighting more than once a year. If you can get... Uh, if you can get Tyron Willie to fight more than once a year, if you can figure out what you're doing at 155, more title fights because that's the only way these divisions are going to get unlogged. jammed. 170 is so stuffed right now. The only way that's going to get unstuffed is if you start having guys fight more often. So I want more activity. You got 40 something cards in the UFC to kind of fill out. Um, there's no reason why some guys shouldn't be fighting three times a year or given the opportunity to fight three times a year. And those are my wish lists. All righty. Hopefully we all get what we want. Uh, 
<laughs> We're not. We won't. <laughs> but it's fun to dream, you know. It's fun to uh, to, to, to think. Oh, one more, one more thing, if I could. No throwing grenades at MMA fighters. No throwing grenades. Period. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that was the wildest story I've heard all year. Who gets into an argument is like, fuck, I gotta throw this grenade at this guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, they already pulled we handguns. They had to escalate it somehow. Jesus Christ, man. Can we can we talk it out before you... It's pull? like, don't be a menace when he opens up the back of the car and it's got... He opens up the back of the truck and there's like your rocket launchers. <laughs> like, yeah, we gotta we got talk this out first, man. We gotta find a middle ground before you... Because it really, Blow my head it really is a wonder that that like Cowboy Oliveira did not get hurt worse. And they were at a gas station. Like, Dude. we all could have died. <laughs> like, that's a good point. I never even thought about. We that. <laughs> we all could have been out of here. <laughs> like, oh man, that had to have been like a serious beef. Like that had to have sprung from. That couldn't have just been regular, oh, he looked at me wrong, he stepped on my shoe. Wasn't the story that he was, like, like breaking up a fight? But, but it was his family members, though. Still, it's like, he's, he's breaking it up, and then some dude's like, I got the grenade at this fucking guy. What's on one, like, what what was the family, like, what was the... Uh, something was going on, man. There had to be more of that story. But, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's okay, though, because it's, it's not every day you get a grenade. A, gre- yeah, a grenade. <laughs> it's not an everyday occurrence. Um... But moving on, last last category. Um, no, it's not really really a category. I guess this could uh, ominous. Technically, it's, it's a it's a question. Um, so we'll we'll end it with this. Um, and I didn't put this in the question, but I'll say the um, kind of like the show. You, you don't have to just be like MMA or just UFC. This this can be for anything. Um, of the current title holders, uh, who 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 do you think will lose their belt by the end of two thousand and nineteen? Um, my first person that came to mind, I'm going to say that by the end of 2019, Dillashaw is going to lose his belt. Interesting. Because I think Marlon Marais is going to take it from him. If they give Marlon Marais a title shot. So so you're not going to assume that Rafael Sanchez is going to beat him again? No. <laughs> Sticking to my guns. You know what, though? I'm kind of worried because I'm eerily... I feel like I have the same feeling about Ortega. And I saw how that worked out. This is different, though. I hope it is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I'm going to say Dillashaw uh, in 2019 with no belt. Or he will at least have lost it. I don't know. Maybe he'll get it back. But he'll lose it by the end. Okay. My pick is uh, Henry Cejudo. <laughs> One, way <or> <laughs> One way or another. One way or another. So cheap, so cheap. <laughs> uh, I guess technically that is an answer. I, I didn't think of that. I, I should have put a stipulation. My number two answer is Daniel Cormier. <laughs> well, he loses. Nah. <laughs> I should have thought about this That's question. Mean. Because we are, we know who he's gonna lose it to. Time. I was gonna say John Jones. <laughs> no, no, I was thinking he's gonna lose it because he's gonna yeah, leave. I just, ima- I just imagine Cormier shows up like to the UFC, to the UFC headquarters to hand his title belt over, and Jones is like behind a door, 
And as soon as he walks in to hand it over to Dana, he gets head kicked. Just so they can make it official. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the hardcore title. I'm just imagining Daniel, like, now I think we need a, rea- like a reality show where, like, Daniel Cormier is showing up to, like, get the last. He wants the last box of cereal, and Jones uses his, like, extendo arms to grab it and run off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If we're, if we're talking about people who probably lose it in, in the cage, not counting Henry Cejudo, who might lose it in a couple weeks, um, I, I'm going to go with Rose. Damn. Yeah. Stole my choice. Yeah. I, I think Jessica Andrade is a mountain too high. <laughs> so all of my top three were set. Cejudo, <laughs> Nama Yunus, and Cormier. Because I imagine that they're going to do Jones DC3 again. Like, they're going to do Jones DC3. And there's nothing to suggest that that's ever going to change. Like, that's just his guy. He can't beat him. Uh, Nama Yunus, not just Andrade, but, like, if you think about it, Tatiana Suarez is still there. Like, um, I know she doesn't exist, but I believe she kind of exists. So, Mackenzie Dern, you know, like, she's really good, too. She also has to make weight. I'm just saying, but, like, as I said, she doesn't even exist. But, like. You know, you have to consider her. You have to consider, um, uh, God, what's her name? You have to consider what's her name. Uh, I said Tatiana Suarez. I said Jessica Andrade. I'm really high on Macy Barber. I don't think it would be this year, but I'm pretty high on her as a fighter. And, like, Rose is really good. But let's also be fair. Joanna had a really good time against Rose the second fight. So it's not like Joanna's a million miles away from her either. You know, and, and then there are just, like, those weird fighters who, like, I think 115 is the one division where, like, at any given week, somebody could be on Rose's level just because it's so inconsistent. It's, like, an unrefined product. Like, if you think about it, Courtney Casey's not a bad fighter. Like, she has a lot of tools in her tool, in her toolbox that would give Rose some problems. Uh, not that I would pick her to win. It's just that, like, on any given week, one of these fighters could be really good. Uh, and then there was just like, there was just a lot of international talent, like Livia Souza. Uh, you know, she could be somebody who could potentially move up real quick. Yeah, I posted about her on Twitter earlier. Get, get, get on the bandwagon. She's taking somebody's head yeah, off. So, like, yeah, 115 is, is really thick, and there's not a lot of finishers, but there's a lot of talent. So I think Rose would be in trouble. And Cejudo, not, not just because of the fact that I think Dillashaw has a pretty good chance to beat him, but his division might not be there. So, like, that's an automatic yank. Because uh, I originally went with Holloway because I think he's going to vacate it. But I don't think vacating the title should count. So, you know, there you go. And, uh, and oh, Robert Whitaker was my original number one choice. But I I feel bad, so I removed him. I don't know why I didn't pick him. Because I've been saying for a while that I think Gaslam's going to pull that off. Yeah, like, I, I, I think that you're... Not only that, but then he's got to fight Adesanya. And so it's like, there's... There's, or he could be fighting Anderson Silva now. Let's be fair. <laughs> let's be fair now. Anderson, he, he completes the last hoorah. <laughs> Would he be like the only fighter, like old guy, who came back and like, you know, it, if if some divine intervention that happened? How old? How much older is he than DC? Does anybody know? Um, well, I mean, in terms of like an old guy who like fell off. Well, maybe not fell off, but like you know. He 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 went through a streak where he wasn't the best guy anymore, 
and then he kind of like climbed his way back. Uh, UFC wise, because Cormier Cormier never Cormier never really UFC fell off. wise Robbie Lawler. But he oh, wasn't yeah. old. But like I think people forget that Robbie Lawler came to the UFC from Strikeforce with like the worst. Strikeforce, yeah, yeah, and he was very meaty. Yeah, yeah he was kind of middle. With like the worst reputation as like the world's blandest middleweight. Uh. That's it, yeah. huh? Or does or Zanichel got something you wanna bring to the forefront? Oh, for like old dudes who fell off and came back. No, just in that's what I was trying to think of. Uh, yeah. Um. Oh yeah, I heard you typing. I thought maybe you were gonna drop some. Oh uh, no, I was trying to think of what was Michael Bisbing's run before he fought Anderson Silva or CB Dalloway, I should say. Uncrowned king. Yep. He was like one, two, three, four. Well, he was like always like alternating wins and losses. Yeah, he was like three and four his last seven. Like I don't know if the, uh, like I, I guess you can't say he was really falling off, but. He was hanging yeah. on. And it's worth pointing out that he, he was, like, almost finished by Stevie Dalloway in that fight as well, so. Yeah. But, nah, I don't got anything to add. I'm, I'm good. I was going to pose a question right. to the group, there, but I don't know if Sensei's got a wrap-up. A special wrap-up. Yeah, we, uh, uh, well, no, nah, I don't have a special wrap-up, but we've been here for, uh. Five hours, seven hours, twelve hours. Yeah. <laughs> It's been some. It's been about half a work shift. Yeah, basically. <laughs> if you're listening to this at work, we just made your Monday better. Yeah, we at least got. If you started at the beginning of your shift, we got you through to right. lunch. And if you started after lunch, you should be clocking out by now. You, you might be in the car now. going home. Yeah. 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 Unless you, you know, unless you work like twelve-hour days, then God bless <laughs> your little heart. But uh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, those are our Dojo Talk Podcast Awards. Um. I guess when I put this episode out, or by the time you guys hear this, it'll be a thing. Um, I'll have timestamps in the episode, so if you just want to know who won for a specific award, I'll have that listed. It's a long episode. If you want to just skip around, He's timestamp. Or you the can coughs, just every cough I have. <laughs> you know, or if you don't want to skip, you can listen to us talk about coughs. You can listen to us threaten this other. Um, what's that league? That's <laughs> yeah, Anna, Anna Cole, you you found the league, but you haven't given like. The Mo, the Mo Muscle, Mo, Mo Muscle Fighting Championships. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can listen to us threaten them. We're suing you guys. Cease and desist is coming. Get ready. Very litigious. I'm getting, I'm getting my court-appointed lawyer. <laughs> you know, we had, had a lot of side banner, but, you know, we got through the awards. Uh, so that's what we got for uh, 2018. And then... um. Uh, the next card is the uh, the infamous uh, ESPN Plus debut. Uh, that's that's gonna be an experience, for better or worse. But uh, have fun with that. You know, we'll, we'll cross. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Why? Um, <laughs> uh, why am I crossing the bridge? Well, just in general. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not watching that. Why? Necessary? Yeah, he's not. He's. he's he doesn't want to be a part of the shenanigans. I'm going to drag my feet. And, Am I uh, going to have to be on here for that one? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Go get Stokes. Stokes can, Stokes can do a shit. <laughs> 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 I'm dragging you on here for that. I mean, yeah, I can both be on. Stokes and I? Yes. This one. Yeah. You know, well, I, I, I didn't mean to confront you on this. but This is like the last me. time I was on here where I was told, and I quote... 
We don't want to put you on the spot, but what did you think about Chuck Tito? Like, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a like, setup to me. I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot, but it, it seems like you and Stokes are never at the same place at the same time. Uh, there are a few differences, <laughs> a few subsequent like important differences. I, I don't, I, I don't believe you. Stokes is a lot more jolly. Uh, Stokes is never sick because I've never heard him sick. Uh, he may be hung over, but that's not sick. That that's a man-made illness. Um, Stokes is better with money. Uh, I know that for a fact. I don't even have uh, to know. What Stokes, I don't even have to know what Stokes does with his money to know he's better with money. Um, better than the Chargers and Little League Baseball. Yeah, yeah. Stokes is, I guess, a degenerate gambler because he he bet on like esports, which isn't real, which is the work. <laughs> I mean, nothing's real. We good like, point. Good point. Good point. Uh, guys, anything, anything away from this podcast? Nothing is real. There are no rules. Go crazy. Stokes is shorter than I am because I'm six two, and I think he's like five one. <laughs> so this just means <laughs> taller. Uh, that is so rough. Stokes has a better voice. So one of you is a faulty. Clone. I'm putting. I like how I'm being kind and talking about his great qualities, and you guys just want to. You want to cause a hubbub, a beef. You're the one who just called him 5'1". Well, he's a short man. He's a little guy. He's by his own admission, a short a short gentleman. Hey, 5'1 for, for a guy, that's past short. Well, I think he's like 5'7". Like so, I believe, I believe when we short, had this but... conversation, he was shorter than Anikul, who's like 5'4". So. I am 5'10", so bite me. You keep you keep getting taller every time we do this. I am 5'10". I've been 5'10 since like freshman year of high school. Pretty sure. Well, you stopped growing. That's a shame. Hate uh, to see that. I know, right? Hate to see that. Can't Pretty sure you're gonna, you're gonna be like Manute Bowl seven three by the time this episode ends. You're gonna be like, ah, oh, yeah, six four. <laughs> but I take offense to the idea that I'm Stokes. Stokes is better looking. Uh, <laughs> you take offense to that. So, so one of you is a faulty. <laughs> you know what? I may have been baked a little too long or a little too short. So it's possible. Stokes is uh yeah Stokes is from California. Stokes hates the Dillashaws. I'm okay with TJ, so we can't be the same guy. They just programmed you guys different. Possible. I got I got I got Windows <laughs> Vista. He got it. <laughs> one of you upgraded the Windows. I don't even know which. Yeah, I was about to say which one is the newest one. Ten. The the ten's terrible. I hate it. We're just dragging this podcast Have... along, but Anticol's crashing like the stock market. I can hear it in him. I know, that was my phone. <laughs> I feel so. <laughs> this feels so bad for him. We're, we're about to. You guys trying to cause uh, a beef between Stokes and I? I don't appreciate that. I, I, yeah, I think Stokes, you're a great guy. Stokes tries to start the beef every time he's on the show. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> I just want to see who's the clone. Uh, you guys have to take a picture together now. Oh my god! No, because then you'll be like, that's we don't know which one's which. <laughs> <laughs> I have to wear like shirts, matching like shirts with name tags. You wear an Amber Joey shirt. Oh man! You can wear an Amber Joey shirt. They have little arrows on go. it. I like how his real name is yeah. Stokes now. Like that's like, <laughs> I am Stokes. He is. He is just. He's Stokes. He's Stokes. I don't like strawberries. So, so we definitely can't be like together. The same. Well, we don't know if he likes them though. You know, he might grow them, but he might oh. not eat them. Interesting topic. Could, 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 could be one of those. I don't have Stokes' nervous laugh. His little, like, <laughs> chuckle. That can't be him. <laughs> don't make me question my uh, own reality. 
took me a long Hey, nothing's real. We said it. You're having your uh, You're having your Matrix moment when Neo freaked out and just puked. Because <laughs> he couldn't handle the puke. <coughs> yeah, well, I'm dying all right, so we got that. <laughs> <laughs> we got that. Oh, hey, man. we're gonna be doing this podcast. I'm surprised. I'm surprised since they didn't say we're gonna breeze right through. No, I knew they that was. Said a lot. that would be yeah. over. We'd be like here for another five hours. Yeah, if I would have said that, we'd just now be getting the fight of the year. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'm not even recording. We're gonna start this over. Right. I was on where he wanted to look up alternative measures to watch a show, and his computer blew up. <laughs> oh it just, man! Like, oh, that was trying to find a way to stall because Stokes disappeared, and then like he was abducted by like aliens, and then no, no, just, he was just driving home. And he was just like, yeah, I could hear the wind in the background, so I just peace <laughs> out for a little bit. I thought y'all were gonna lose me that day, boy. That was that was a scary like five minutes of my life. Oh, I, and then I think that was the same one where my where I had a power outage mid conversation. So. <laughs> Not a great day. Oh, are we man. doing the shots but, uh, that are parking, or are we good with this? You know what? Due due to time constraints, we'll uh, right. yeah, we 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 won't do we won't do any parting shots and shit. I didn't write any down I was anyway. Just say, to I was just gonna tell everybody uh, thanks for listening and have a uh, an awesome 2019. Have a better 2019 than you did 2018. You're all great people. Yeah, well, yeah, that that'll be the shout out because uh, it is our second year anniversary, and it's only fitting that on our anniversary the podcast is three hours. <laughs> Wait, that's it? <laughs> it's fitting. Uh, well, three at three thirty. I was gonna say. Oh, three thirty. <laughs> well, that's like, dude, we've done like we did like thirty categories. I we've done fight cards that are like what twelve fights that we take five hours on. <laughs> By the end of it, we don't even remember nah. who won or who lost. We're just random. We never mention who wins or who loses. Because <laughs> none of, it, hey, none they, of they, it's real. They should know. I mean, should they? Should they really? Should uh, None of it's real. No, nothing is real, yeah, so it doesn't follow. matter. Yeah, but you got to have fun even if it's not real. Fake, fake can still be fun. Like... Um. <laughs> But uh, no, thank, thanks for everybody who who has listened. Uh, yeah, we've been rolling right? on this podcast. You broke. <laughs> you broke. <laughs> Reality. No, just in general. <laughs> I don't think. But thanks for everybody. Thanks for everybody who has listened. It's been uh, our second year anniversary, so we appreciate you guys. Um, you know, 2019. But based on that that schedule they put out, uh, there there won't be a shortage of fights to talk about. So you'll you'll be hearing from us uh, pretty soon. Uh, so hopefully you enjoyed the awards. Uh, hopefully I didn't make anybody mad. Um, I apologize for my blunder, of Rose and Joanna, <laughs> <laughs> not being upset. Just remember that. <laughs> I mean that's not, that's not as bad as your last blunder. Oh, uh, we don't got time. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't make that comment and not educate the audience. Uh, um, we'll do, we'll, we'll do. No, they they know because I mentioned it last podcast <laughs> because the blunder came back, but I corrected myself. Uh, we'll do that. We'll do that off there. We'll <laughs> um, no, <laughs> thank you guys though yeah. for listening, man. Please uh, post, share, 
uh, share with a friend. Shout out. Uh, uh, oh, God. I would give it. Somebody on Tumblr reblogged us and said we had a great podcast. And I don't remember his name. Whoever you are, you're um, great. Yeah, whoever you are, you're awesome. I, I forgot who you are. Number one. But if I see your name, I'll remember it. But I have terrible memory. Um, but we appreciate it. Uh, so you guys, man, keep sharing, reposting. Uh, it may seem like a little act, but it helps a lot. And if you have it in your heart, leave a nice five-star rating on iTunes. We greatly appreciate it. Um, yeah, man. Oh, real, real been... quick. Just because I want to be a, a good friend. If Alex, the other half of the sports sound off, happens to do anything this week with soccer-related or baseball-related, uh, please give it a listen. He puts a lot of effort into his stuff, and he's very knowledgeable. Uh, and, and he lets me do this, like, whatever we call this madness like, I, I get a good hand in that because of him. So, shouts to him. If he talks about anything sports-related, soccer, baseball, uh, racing, anything, please give it a like or give it a listen. He appreciates it. There you go. Plug my plug my there friend's work, my, his hard work, because he really does work hard on that. Like and listen to our stuff. We know what we're doing. No, we really don't, but we try. Well, we're doing better than whatever your other favorite Now we're just is. causing you a beef. Now you're <laughs> try to get me and Stoke into a fight. <laughs> Podcast Force 2019. Pulling a WCW with the tank. The WCW. I'm coming for the MMA hour. There we go. <laughs> Which one? There's like two at the same time. Take them both. Oh my god, look. I am non. Look, there's another thing. Difference between me and Stokes. <laughs> I am non competitive. Everybody eats in my world, so. Have your good. We just want to eat more. Am <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the only guy at the table trying to calm folks down? <laughs> yep. Yeah, we're throwing plates, taking food off of other people's it's plates. Okay. Pops tripping, man. Raiding the fridge. Raiding the fridge. It's getting out of hand. <clears throat> but uh, now, nah, thank you guys for listening, man. It's been uh, another episode of the Dodo Talk Podcast, <laughs> episode one eighteen. As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.